Welcome back, everybody, to episode 78. We've all been uh, digging into Mass Effect, but we're not quite ready to talk about the next one yet. So I thought the next best thing would be to talk about just kind of sci-fi games in general. But first, let's catch up with everybody. We've got the whole crew here again. So, Chris, what have you been doing besides playing a bunch of Mass Effect lately? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I've been playing a lot of Mass Effect. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, You know, obviously we're going to come up, we'll have another show here soon to talk about Mass Effect 2 to follow up with that, but that's literally what I've been playing. It's a whole lot of Mass Effect 2. (laughs) I actually just finished it up the other night and have started out on Mass Effect 3 and We'll get into that when we get to the show, but wow, I don't remember Mass Effect 2 being nearly as long as what it was. <laughs> I think I had close to 70 hours wow. uh, at the end of that game. By But again, I, I do everything. It's so like top to bottom, everything that can be done, I did it. So uh, again, I'll save that for when we get to the show, but um, I'll, suffice to say, I really enjoyed it. And then um, you know, starting off Mass Effect 3 is just like going... Oh my goodness, the combat is so much better. Oh man, is it so much better. Okay, but anyway, I digress. Um, Outside of that, uh, you know, I I won the lottery of life again for some reason, and uh, (laughs) I happened to hit hit gold on Walmart for the second time, and I I haven't had an Xbox Series X now in my house. So, um, yeah, I have both of the new machines, although I really haven't had much of any time to play on the Xbox because I've been playing Mass Effect on the PlayStation 5, but uh, excited to have it. It was... I, I, I do like how easy it is. Not that PlayStation 5 was hard. I mean, it was pretty easy to do whatever I need to do, but Xbox, um, you just say, hey, look, I've got another Xbox on my network, Do I? and do you want to transfer your stuff? And you just do it transfers all your settings you say oh i want these games to come over it'll just do it all in the background easy peasy and i left the one x set up for the kids because i think like you know okay they watch a lot of you know, they play minecraft or they you know goof off and they have grubby fingers so <laughs> I, I left the one x hooked up they can play you know on that one and then i'll uh, i'll save some wear and tear on the one on the series x for me at least at this point in time and the thing is is big it's like the playstation 5 it's, why are these consoles so huge um <laughs> it didn't fit where like my normal console just the playstation 5 didn't either so i have like both it's of so them. you can fit a 12 pack of root beers inside it i, I guess <laughs> i mean so it now they now both of those consoles live behind my TV, so I've got like a big sixty-five inch OLED, and the only place I could find to put them is behind the TV um, because they they don't fit in the thing underneath that it sits on. So it's and because they're so big, they peek out the top of the just about. sixty-five inch. I mean, just about. I mean, obviously, Kelsey, you know how crazy big the PS Five is. Yeah. And we we had friends over today just commenting yeah. on that because I have the laptop that Bill sent me. Uh, in front of it like open and the thing still sticks out like four to six inches above the laptop open so like, is that it like it's huge uh, that was nice so you snuck that in there kelsey of course you know how big the ps5 is <laughs> well Bill, Burn, I'll, let you, Bill. I'll let you talk about your lamentations in just a few minutes but uh yeah. <laughs> yeah and the series x though you know it's not that it's crazy it's just um it's a little thicker than two xbox one x's stacked on top of each other, probably about the same width or height or however, which way, you know, right? Whichever way you turn it. 
but that's just big enough to where it wouldn't fit where uh, I normally put things. So anyway, it's back there. It's huge. Um, it's just, you know, the PlayStation is really tall. Xbox is wide. Well, whatever, you know. At some point in time, I'm sure they'll slim these things down. But <clears throat> it's they're big. It's a short version. But again, it was super easy. I always appreciate that. Microsoft, good job on making it ridiculously easy to go from one console to the other. Um, we did talk about, you know, E3 the last time around, but we'd only been like halfway through the show. So um, I don't want to go through because this is not another E3 show. But there is a few things that I wanted to mention. And, you know, you guys feel free to chime in on the things that I want to bring up. And uh, you may have your own. But um, I wanted to bring up a couple things in particular. One of them was the limited run games featurette, um, <laughs> sure. and what they're what they're doing. I mean, I you know I a lot of things that they go through are not necessarily my cup of tea, but them going through the trouble to get um, Rondo of Blood yeah. from Konami, like fully licensed a. Because Konami owns both. A, by Konami. B, legit license for PC Engine because they own Hudson. So this is like a legit 100% licensed release. So the first licensed turbo release in 20-something years, right? Um, More than that, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and to get Konami to go, yeah, okay. And to give us Rondo Blood on Turbo CD, which... How many people have Turbo CD? You and me, Kelsey? Are there like five other people? I mean... Uh, Engineer Mike that listens, he's got one. Okay. I think he'll jump on this. It's okay. three of us. So three they're, pre-orders. They're going to they're gonna sell three. <laughs> but uh, obviously they'll sell more than that. But um, I was astounded and really obviously very pleased. Yes, of course, I'm going to buy a copy of this. But um, I was... a pretty amazing because i would almost expect this if they were like we're going to release it on this and also switch or something but they don't need to there's already in the collection <laughs> so it's just like no we're just doing a turbo cd game so bravo limited run games you're you you're after my own heart i really hope that this does well enough for you to be able to do more um because obviously yeah stuff yeah throw cotton over here too and like do do re-release of that and some of those other really pricey ones that'd be great well and you know maybe we get snatcher on turbo um or turbo localized police knots yeah let's do it yeah we could get we could get because konami owns all this stuff so why not if they're willing to go here i'm going to guess this is probably a proof of concept to go like what's probably the biggest one we could get that we know we could sell this is probably the biggest turbo cd property you could get for here so if they can make this yeah, one fly, yeah. maybe they can go, hey, look, we have enough. It's it's We're not doing gangbuster sales, but enough to make money, right? Yeah, hopefully. So um, I, I guess we'll see. You, I thought you were going to – I didn't know where you were going with that because there was two parts <laughs> of the limited run show that were pretty mind-blowing. Okay, yeah, well, and the other release that no one could have seen coming ever and for good reason was <laughs> – why i don't know why but we're getting plumbers don't wear ties <laughs> on modern consoles because we all so need good. a slideshow where we can put in a code and see boobs for half a second i guess do we does anybody want this it's gonna be on this? ps5 man <laughs> does anybody want this I, I i don't know i mean to me this is like the biggest troll 
I don't know. I... Totally. That was such a funny way to end the show. Yeah. And, I mean, I have never played Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. I've seen, like, little bits of video. It looks like a slideshow. Like a power. What rock have you been under? (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Yeah. You know, I guess they sold Night Trap, so. (laughs) I don't know. Obviously. So great they found the actress to, like, come out during the show, too, and do a little piece. Like, oh, so good. How. how I don't know. I mean, obviously, buying this IP or something probably cost them, what, like, 25 bucks or something, so. But to be able to even track down who owns Plumbers Don't Wear Ties and to do it, yeah. you know what I mean? So, you know, that's the whole thing. Like, the big thing was, for 3DO, this was an AO game. Um, which is silly, because it's just... I mean, there's a topless girl in one scene or something, right? These days, that'd just be M, right? You think? Probably. I mean, I remember, you know, remember God of War was on that kick where it's like, well, we'll have topless women in God of War. And that just got an M, right? It was like right at the beginning, though, too, right? Yeah. You didn't even have to work for it. No, I I mean, it's like, not like it was much to look at anyway. It was more goofy, but... um, Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to guess that, obviously, this will not get an adults-only rating uh, these days. But, uh, Interesting. To say the Even, least. I I kind of hope they do because when's the last time we've had a retail adults only rated game come out? And because it's sold directly through limited run, like they don't have to worry about publishers picking it up. So I think they can pull it off. Just be I funny. I mean, I don't know. I, I agree with you. It's probably going to be an M, but yeah, interesting. I uh, yeah, I I just don't. I'd be curious to go and do some searching to see how many AO games even exist because I'm guessing most of them. Um, just were all digital and never got a, a, a rating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, anyway, I guess that doesn't really matter. But yeah, okay. That'd be, that'd be a cool uh, little random subset to collect, all the AO games. I'm good. <laughs> I'll let somebody else do that. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess there's a lot of <laughs> hentai or something wrapped up in that. And... If if you do that, though, then you got to have like a bead curtain in your game room. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody has to show IDs so they can go through. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't see myself buying a Plumbers Don't Wear Ties, but I will definitely buy uh, a Rondo of Blood. So, um, yeah. And then um, uh, Square, I guess I should say Square, had their conference. And uh, I guess the only, the only uh, thing of note that I want to mention is that, uh, that obviously we have to we have to kill chaos is uh was the the thing that came <laughs> this, out of that this, um i'm also really pumped on that guardians of the galaxy game i thought that looked pretty great yeah i think i'll play that i don't know if i was pumped for it like oh my gosh this is awesome i mean it was cool like oh this looks fun yeah that's how i felt they like the it took up way too much of that conference oh, yeah like it was a long show and they showed the same parts like three times at one point why would you pick gelatinous cubes is like your your enemy you want to keep going over like it's literally the least exciting enemy you can you can show up uh but it looks really fun i'm i'm into it kind of like a silly bioware game i think it'll be a good release for this fall because there's not a lot of stuff coming so i think it can do well yeah i hope so 
Yeah, I'm into it. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's a pre-order, but I would play um, unless it. It comes out like a few days around my birthday, so I've got a good excuse to throw some money down on it. You are Groot, (laughs) huh? I will be. Um, But yeah, what was that? Uh, I can't even remember the name. That's how bad this thing is. Like the naming, like Uh, the Strangers in Paradise. Yeah. No, but is it Strangers of Paradise? I, can't, I don't know. Uh, Whatever yeah, it is. Right? It doesn't matter. Is it Strangers <laughs> or Stranger? I don't is know. Chaos, yeah. right? They should just call it Final Fantasy Chaos. Because that, they that's must the just meaning. say Chaos like 50 times in that trailer. Chaos! <laughs> um, did, but obviously that was the thing, right? Oh, hey, demo is available now. Well, not really, because it totally like was crashed. crashed the first day, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, I did eventually download it, and I played it quite a bit. I don't know if you did, Kelsey, but... Um, nope. It's blatantly just Neo with a Final Fantasy coat of paint. I mean, it's... That's the, a good thing. That sounds good. It's the Neo engine. I mean, it's, like, not even trying to hide. It's the Neo engine, or I guess Neo 2, uh, and it's just with Final Fantasy jobs mixed in. Um so yeah, I, I had some fun playing it. I got to I got to chaos. Um, I didn't beat him because it's like one of those like multi-form battles, and I kind of got past the first form, and I went like, I'm good. I know what this is. Um, will I buy it? Yeah, I think I'll play it uh, because I like those kind of <laughs> games. But yeah. um, do I think it's gonna win a lot of Final Fantasy fans over? No, 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 no. If you're a Final Fantasy fan, no. I don't think you're going to like this game very much. <laughs> if you like Neo, I think you'll probably enjoy it. Because it's a lot of like... Remember, Kelsey, like in Neo, how like uh, loot drops all the time? And you're like constantly yeah. picking up like new shoes or something. And you're like, is this shoes better than my old shoes? Oh, yeah, this, yeah. this is exactly that. Um, okay. Except now you can have black made shoes and warrior shoes. <laughs> so, uh, anyway... It was interesting. It didn't look the greatest. Obviously, I think Covet probably because it's an alpha. You know what I mean? It hasn't had much yeah. polish. It still kind of looked like a PS4 game, ish. Did they give a release date on it? Is it this year or next year? I don't. I think next year. It's not this yeah, year. I can't even remember. And that's been pretty typical. Not surprising because it's like the way the Neos they did like alphas and betas. Um, so if they go on that same pattern for that, it's probably what we'll get. That's kind of a Team Ninja seems to like to do that. The good news, though, is they do take feedback. Um, like, again, at the end of this one, obviously, there's a survey you get if you beat Chaos. I don't care enough to do that, just to take a survey. Um, <laughs> but I will say when they've done that... Sub- Needs more Chaos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Submit. Uh, the... The thing that I do will say that the team is really good, especially with the Neo games, when they did that, they really listened to the feedback and they implemented stuff. So they, you know, like, they really listened and went, okay, these are the things that we need to tweak. And so that's kind of the reason why they do it, which I think makes a better game. Um, so uh, I will play Chaos, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't expect it to do well unless maybe they market the crud out of it and and really try to but don't try to sell this to Final Fantasy fans try to pull in different people because this is not the same crowd um, and then last but not least uh, Nintendo um, and their show which I you know didn't it wasn't a lot for there for me except for the big announcement right so uh, we're finally after like a trillion zillion years Metroid Dread is a real thing yeah 
or a decade ago. I don't know. It's like it's kind of like, man. Okay, so we we finally got uh, what, the Duke Nukem game, Duke Nukem Forever, and now we're finally getting <laughs> Metroid Dread. I'm like, what else is there left? Have we conquered all the things that need to get done, or what? And then yeah, Nintendo. I mean, I can think of one on the PC side, but yeah, that's a big one for uh, for the console side. So, um, yeah, I think this is what next year or October. This I thought. year, oh, yeah. Oh, it's this yeah. year. Okay. Yeah. Was it like fall or something? Maybe. Yeah, I think Bill's right. O- I think it was October. October twenty-one, if I remember. Wow, man, you got a lightning memory there. Um, that, that 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 was the only thing from Nintendo that was like, yep, that's me, two D Metroid. The only thing that I was like half wondering is like, like you know, depending on the length of the game or whatever. So like, I thought for a minute maybe it'll be less than sixty dollars, but no, it's it's a sixty dollar game. So I'm just hoping there's a good amount of length and replayability there, especially with stuff like Axiom Verge being like fifteen twenty bucks. So uh, really hoping for a, a a great big long Metroid experience there. I don't know if it will be or not, but it's Nintendo, so they're gonna charge sixty dollars. Because that's yeah, that's what they do. I will. Uh, I'll pony up for whatever goofy collector edition or whatever comes out. <laughs> they're I, I already like sold out. Like if you didn't get one already, good luck. Really? Yeah. Like and like minutes after it went up, like they were already being resold on eBay for crazy yeah. prices. They'll of course they'll have yeah. more stock though, right? I don't know. I mean, like those yeah. those Zelda Joy Cons that are launching the day Skyward Sword does. Good luck with those too. It's like it's the second they go live, it's like all right, they're nine hundred dollars on eBay. I didn't have that much trouble getting a collector's edition of uh, Metroid Two though, so I don't remember that being a big, big issue. No, but I don't like with this last couple of years with the pandemic and stuff. I think people are a little more berserk than they were during the 3DS okay. heyday. I guess I'll say if I can buy one. Without being a superhuman, I will buy one. Um, <laughs> if I can't, then whatever. I don't. You know, whatever. You're yeah. Right. I, I've kind of resigned myself to probably just getting the regular one. I'm, I'm not gonna do the stupid eBay or yeah. whatever. Same way. Like, same with, thing with. As you say, Shimagami Tensei Five, which was also in this conference, exact same thing happened. They put up special edition and like just boom gone. But Atlas has said like they were, we're working with some of our retailers. We're gonna try and get another batch of these out. So how hopefully these, they're doing more of them. How do these guys not know they'll sell more of these things? Do you think it's willful? I I, I think a little bit of it, like pandemic wise, I think a little bit of it is you know, they go to like a manufacturer of these like custom special things and they're like, listen, like how many can we get by this day? And they're like this many, you know, and if they're like, well, how about, can we get like 50,000 more? And they're like, absolutely not. Then it would take another six months because of production or whatever. Like, I don't know for sure, but I would think that like every time there's like a delay with like a board game or something, uh, whether it's retail, a Kickstarter, whatever, uh, they just get on that, uh, on their Kickstarter blog and they're like, listen, we're just we're at the mercy of the uh, uh, production house, or you know, like the the manufacturing or the shipping from China or whatever. So, I'm I'm not a logistics expert, but I would think that it has a lot to do with everybody asking everybody to make as much stuff as as they can. All right, I, I, I kind of don't buy that for this because it's just a different box and probably like an art book or something, right? I mean, come on, you already have the games; the games are made. All you have to do is make another cardboard box for them to go inside of and like a art book. You can find another company to make that crap. We're not talking about chips from China right now. Anyway. I don't remember what comes with it. Yeah, I don't. 
probably can't speak on that. I don't know either, but it's probably an art book and a bigger box that the game sits into, which is usually the case. Because what else are they gonna do? CD soundtracks? Nobody does that anymore. I mean, Cyberpunk did it. Okay, but that's kind of their <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm surprised with Cyberpunk you didn't get a cassette tape, but um, oh, that would have been so cool, actually. Would have been. There you go. Would it fit the aesthetic too? Yeah, especially if you have one of those old yellow uh, Sony Walkman. The, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would have fit perfect. Series. Yep. There you go. So, I don't know. Yeah, I hope that's not the case. If it's the case, whatever. I guess I'm not going to, you know, that's life. It's kind of the same way I was with the Xbox, right? I wasn't going to pay scalper prices. Either I'll do the Walmart roulette and get lucky or that won't. Because <laughs> I, I just don't care enough to fight that fight. But, um Hey, I won on the Xbox. If I was patient enough on that, maybe I'll win on a Metroid Dread. But, uh, let's, God, can we not have the industry just go like this where everything just sucks every time you want to buy something? It is getting old. It's it awful. used to be a once-in-a-while thing. It's like everything now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's, really... It's, it's really... It's really bad, and it's with absolutely everything. I wonder if a company like Nintendo is willing or able to do, like open pre-orders like like limited run kind of deal mm. and i would just do the thing like okay hey nintendo i will give you the money when you can get it to me get one to me if you say oh it's sure, gonna yeah. be three be months from too. now after launch yeah. okay i'm fine i'm a grown man i'll wait right you know what well, I mean? I've, I've, I mean, I've said about consoles forever like hey like i'll give you the 530 dollars right now and then just you know let me know when mine's in you know, yeah, it's like yeah. they they have no interest in doing that, and uh, you wish they would. You wish you could just pay someone for the thing, and then when it happens, it happens, right? But it's like they don't want to. They no one appears to have any interest in doing that except for the folks that take open pre-orders when they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that even used to be a thing, right? You used to be able to pre-order things, and sure, they, you can't even do that anymore. Uh, yeah. I, it's like everybody's just given up on these ideas and. I don't know. The games market sucks right now. So, uh, anyway. But, hey, you know, I guess I got mine with an Xbox, right? I will say, though, that, like, the ones I've tried, Walmart was the best. So, if any of you out there are still trying, I- I've hit twice on Walmart, and Walmart, like, the other ones kind of suck to go through. Walmart, either you're going to get it or you're not, but it doesn't really play any right. games with you. It's just yep. either you can buy or you can't buy. And... Yeah, of of all the attempts I've made, Walmart is the one where I've just like gotten it into the cart and to check out more than anybody else. Uh, with Best Buy, you hit it and it's like we're making everyone go through another step. And then you just gotta wait for the button to turn yellow, but don't refresh because that'll mess the whole thing up. But they don't tell you that, so like yeah, Best Buy is awful. Um, Amazon is non-existent unless you just happen to you know catch one of like the three restocks they've had this year. Uh, but yeah, I, I would agree with you, Walmart uh, for sure. Yeah. But anyway, that's my life. That's what I've been up to. <laughs> lots of chaos. and uh, <laughs> Lots of Sonic so. 2. <laughs> I have all the, the, the chaos, or what do they call those? In Sonic? Oh, the chows. chows <laughs> yeah. uh, well, since you brought up Nintendo E3, I want to piggyback off that, because I loved that show. There was a lot of stuff in there for me. Uh, you mentioned Metroid. Into that. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei I brought up. They did a big blowout finally on that, and it looks like just what I want. I'm really excited to dig into that, and that's coming out this year. Um, 
they have a few collections coming out that I'm excited for. Uh, big Monkey Ball collection, uh, Danganronpa collection. Uh, they're redoing the Advance Wars games as a collection, the first two. All of those excite me. Uh, they showed a little bit more of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater remaster, which I know it's already come out on everything else, but you know, Switch is kind of where I want to play that one. Um, they're localizing Fatal Frame made in Blackwater for the Switch, which is really cool, and I didn't expect that. Um, and I, I really thought that was kind of stuck on the, the Wii U in Japan, so it was really cool. Uh, new WarioWare game, which I don't know if you play any of those, but they're all super fun. There's really no bad WarioWare games. Uh, that Zelda Game & Watch looks phenomenal. Three great Zelda games on it. Are you are you into those? Did you do the Mario one? I got the Mario one. I opened it and played around with it with my daughter. Yeah, I'm into this. Okay. I mean, I get the Link's, Link's Awakening alone just like, sells me on it. Like another way to play that game for sure. I get the the kind of it. They they're kind of look cool, but um, I don't know. I just don't have any desire to own one. I get that they're kind of niche, but I I was impressed with the the build quality and how well the Mario one played. And this I think has a better selection of games. So yeah, I'm, I think I'm gonna try and grab one. And the Mario one, unlike what we were just talking about with Metroid Dread, like it's still available at retail. Like it didn't get scalped up. So I'm hoping they produce the Zelda game watch in equal numbers so that the same thing happens. Well, see, they figured out how to do it there. Why can't they do that with the other ones? I don't know. I don't know. Um, watching the Nintendo Direct with my son was really fun. Uh, so I waited till he got home from school to watch it. And they opened with that Kazuma uh, Smash reveal. And they're, so they're walking Ganon out dead, and he's like, "Oh, it's Breath of the Wild too." Did 2. you say Kazuma? Like, what did I say it wrong? <laughs> Kazuya. Correct me. What is it? Is it Kazuya? Isn't it? I don't know. I've barely played Tekken. Okay. Yeah, so I might have said it wrong. I apologize. Uh, but he was, he's walking out with the uh, Ganon like dead, and they don't show you him at first. So my son was like absolutely the only thing he wanted to see was breath of the wild 2 so he thought that was it and he was like really bummed and then like way later in the direct they showed some stuff from uh hyrule warriors age of calamity and same thing he's like oh it's breath of the wild 2 now and he's like ah and then when they like ended the show with it finally like he was he was so pumped like super super excited so it was fun to watch him like get trolled twice before that though But he's secretly really down for Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. I tried to explain that to like <laughs> three of my friends, how awesome that was, that announcement. And they're like, okay, I kind of get it now, but it, it did not mean anything to me when, you, when I watched it. Uh, it. It didn't mean anything to 95% of the people that watched, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And uh, you didn't mention the Xbox conference at all. Was there nothing in there that got you excited? I don't want to say that nothing got me excited. Uh, it was just everything that I was interested in is too far off. So like Starfield, sure. um, yeah, Starfield, I'm yeah, sure we'll be, be lucky to get that next year. Good, but yeah, we're probably talking two years away for Starfield, and then uh, they, they said next November, but I'd be surprised if that doesn't get delayed. Yeah, and then Outer Worlds too. I, I liked Outer Worlds; that was fun. Um, but again, when will that come? I don't know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was there was some good stuff I think on there for, I think mostly was some of the stuff they're just saying like, hey, X, this is coming to like Game Pass. Obviously, that was the big thing for yeah. a lot of yeah. people. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think it was a, they had a very solid show. Uh, it was just the, the stuff I, that really excites me is, is unfortunately too far off. Right. Uh, they had Psychonauts 2, which, you know, they've been talking about forever. I don't think the trailers have been very good for that game. I am solely excited about it because of how much I like the first one. Uh, but I, the trailers really haven't sold it to me, but I'll still probably try and play it at some point. Uh, Diablo 2 Remaster I thought looked uh, pretty solid. And they showed a game called Replaced, which oh, I've never yeah, heard yeah, of before. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that, that one definitely piqued, piqued my interest. i got to keep an eye on that one. Yeah. Um, I wish they would have shown more, but what they showed looked interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I talked a little bit with Bill about it, and I'm not a Forza Horizons guy, but man, that game looked unreal. That was one of the prettiest looking games I saw the whole E3 week. From what I've, I'm Bill, I think you've obviously played more than I have, but from what I've played from Forza Horizon, it just seems to be like just a goofy, f- not goofy, I guess, just a fun driving game. Just really well done and just fun to get in and drive if that's what you're looking yeah. for. Yeah, it's this really interesting mix of, you know, because typically you have, like, your simulation-type games and you have your arcade-type games. And it's this awesome blend of really, really, really solid simulation driving that's not, like, too overly punishing um, with, like, this arcade feel to it. And this, you know, kind of open-world, like, burnout style where you're, you know, kind of going wherever and finding events just either as they happen or, you know, just deciding, okay, like, I'm going to... My, you know, my pit, my crew chief radioed in like, oh, like there's like this car like in this barn. You gotta go find it. It's somewhere in this area. So like, you kind of just have like things that are happening, kind of like keep you on your toes type deal. But it's it's really hard to to describe just what it's like. But like a lot of times when I play a game, I sit down and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do this mission or that mission or this strike or this raid. And like you kind of know what you're gonna do. And Horizon really feels like. Alright, I'm gonna sit down and play Horizon for a while. Let's see what happens. And like, you just kind of like end up, you know, like doing something and, you know, you didn't really plan to do it that way. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. I, I didn't get into it until three. I think I mentioned before I played two when it was like a game with gold and I was like, this is actually a lot better than I would have thought. And then I, I got into three, uh, really, really got into three. And I really liked four. Um, the game is great. It's just I didn't like the setting as much as three. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, super, super excited to have another horizon to look forward to this year. Yeah. This year was a surprise too. Yeah. Like, like a good surprise. Yeah. Well, I think they've been traditionally, they've been doing like, a a main line and a, a horizon every other year. We didn't get either last year. So I guess. Not yeah. Too yeah. So I, th- I think everyone was expecting the main line one this year, not the horizon one. Or at least the mainline one was the next one in in the order, yeah. right? So I so I don't, I don't know what the because I'm not like on their forums or anything, and I don't you know I don't know if they've been like really vocal uh, about like their their status. But typically you have uh, Turn Ten, which is like the mainline developer, and then you have Playground Games, which are the uh, the team uh, that do the uh, Horizon games. So whenever I play a Forza, since I don't play the mainline ones, I just always see. Playground games, playground games, playground games. So whenever they talk about Horizon, they're like, the team over at Turn 10. I'm like, wait a minute, that's that's not the team at Turn 10. <laughs> it's the team at Playground. But I'm sure they you know, they collaborate because they're working out of the same engine and you know, kind of helping each other out type deal. So, uh, but yeah, I was, I was, you know, and that's the thing is like, you don't know what to expect. And you they did announce a lot of stuff for, you know, 2022 and later. 
or maybe not later, but a lot of stuff that you know had 2022 attached to it. But I've got a pretty decent list of games that I'm excited for that are coming out this year when it uh, when it gets to my 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 turn. Go for it right now. It's here. Oh, cool. Yeah. So um, I had the uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I had the uh, uh, the E3 chat uh, a little bit after my kind of weekly catch-up stuff, but I'll just flop those around. I'll do the E3 stuff first. So um, we all knew we were going to see Halo Infinite. Um, uh, it's a little surprising to me that there's no date for Halo Infinite, given that it's coming out this holiday, and there is a date for Starfield. <laughs> it's coming out in the year. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, and just a quick note on that. Um, I, you know, I would never be surprised if any game gets delayed, to be honest, even with a date. But the one thing that kind of has me thinking that they would really like to stick with that release date is that it was the same release date for Skyrim. Uh, Skyrim came out 11 11 11. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Starfield yeah. is 11 11 22. So I, I really think they want to uh, stick with that. Hard to make that. I think the Halo thing, I. I think they left it open to holiday because I have mm-hmm. a hunch they're going to launch the single player and the multiplayer on different dates. I, I think that's very likely, especially given the fact that the multiplayer is going to be free for everyone. So I think if anything, uh, the multiplayer will be like, all right, guys, here you go. Uh, multiplayer, like free Halo multiplayer in time for, you know, the holidays. And then maybe the single player campaign is, you know, in the spring or, or whatever. Or yeah. Or oh, something you think like it's going to be like months later? Okay. I, I thought I, both I, like I, maybe hit December, but one would be like early December, one would be late December. So. I'm, I'm sure that's what they would like. And I'm also sure that they don't want to release, you know, a broken game. So I'm, I think they're leaving them. I think you're right. I think they're giving themselves uh, like a like a parachute, like just in case. Um, so, uh, but yeah, uh, Forza Horizon Five was on my list. Um, so uh, we already talked about that. One thing that doesn't get talked about a ton because it's not really a popular game uh, in the console space is Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, I played it on PC, the the oh, new yeah, version. Yeah. It is absolutely beautiful, and one thing that just can't be overstated. It's it's so gorgeous and it's so relaxing, especially if you take out the engine sounds of whatever plane you're flying and put in <laughs> relaxing music because the sound of an engine droning for you know four hours on your flight from uh, you know New York to San Francisco or you know however long that takes is is not the most relaxing. But the the trailer uh, did a really really great job just showcasing how beautiful that game can be. So hopefully a lot of people will will give that a try if they uh, have the chance. Um, we had seen some information about the ascent, but I hadn't seen any gameplay. So being able to see like what kind of game you know that is and what the gameplay looks like. Uh, refresh me on that one. I, I can't remember. So what the ascent, the, game looks like. the yeah, the ascent is the one where the marketing was all like black and red. Uh, and uh, um, it's it kind of like it kind of looks like it plays like Hunter the Reckoning, where you have like uh, four characters and it's kind of like a uh, like a loot like an isometric view, um, you know, kind of like not a not a dungeon crawler because you're you know you're ascending a tower instead of you know descending into a dungeon, um, but it's got like uh, this kind of like futuristic. I, I I wouldn't say cyberpunk because the aesthetic is just really kind of like strictly in that. Uh, uh, you know, kind of Terminatory, you know, type of uh, feel, like more so than like the uh, uh, the, the Blade Runnery type feel. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they, it was fairly brief, and it was cool to find out that that one's coming out in July. And I just looked up some images from it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't remember them showing this at all during that. Show. Oh yeah, that that was in there. So it's possible your uh, internet cut out. Maybe for the, <laughs> you know, that 30, could 40 it, seconds? Could it happen? <laughs> yeah. Like but it, yeah. You're right. I like the style. It's really cool visually. 
Right, and, and it was one of these things that a while ago, they're like, oh, The Ascent, exclusive to Xbox. And it's like, oh, that's great. Like, what kind of game is it? Oh, we'll tell you later. <laughs> you know, so that was one that I was kind of hoping would be, you know, something interesting that, I mean, and I'm, you know me, I'm not against a good first-person shooter, but, like, I think, like, a lot of people, I was like, is this going to be another, you know, just another FPS? But uh, it looks cool. Um, and, uh, you know, having having the co-op and having it be part of Game Pass, it's, uh, it's hitting Game Pass, like, right before we go on vacation. And of course, we take the Xbox on vacation because the uh, Series S is just so small and portable. So we will be uh, playing that on the first rainy day uh, on our vacation there. Um, I, I, did one of you mention Replaced? Yeah, I, that's one that I'm looking forward to. Yes, so Replaced looks awesome. I, I don't know a whole lot about it besides that trailer. I hadn't heard of it before that. Yeah, same. Looks very, very cool. Um, kind of that co- like cool indie style uh, with like kind of pixely, but kind of not. Um, uh, the so I've never played Sea of Thieves. I've always just kind of been like a little curious about it. Uh, the Jack Sparrow content might push me overboard, pun intended, uh, and uh, get me to uh, give that a, a go. Um, it's you know it's in, it's it's free you know so I'll 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 probably uh, fire it up and uh, just see if it's something. I popped on Twitter and I asked it like who can show me the ropes and I got a handful of people kind of telling me the same thing. I played all there is to play. I made it to Pirate Legend. Enjoyed every bit of it. You know, just uh, you know, kind of like find yourself a good crew and just like have fun. So I, the what I what I kind of gathered from people is you you can play it alone, but that's kind of like hard mode. You really do kind of need to have a crew because it is a better cooperative experience. Um, kind of like Destiny, right? Like you can play it alone, but like you kind of would like to have a team with you. So um, if I can find uh, a crew, uh, I joined the uh, Sea of Thieves dif- Discord uh, server. So. Uh, if I can find a crew, I might be able to give that a try at some point soon. And that's already out. Uh, that uh, that uh, Pirates uh, content came out this week, I think, uh, or th- this past week. Um, well, so, uh, well, go Kelsey, ahead. Kelsey loves Pirates, so I, I see you can tell. Yeah. I, just everything about that game <laughs> is my nightmare. It's like only online, only multiplayer. Um, like digital Xbox only. Digital only, <laughs> pirate themed. Like, there's nothing about that game that, like. Well, there is one thing about that game. One thing. Right? Yeah. The developer? Yeah. No, they've, they've long been. Oh, uh, nothing. No, you're, you're 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 not you're not a grab by the ghoulies fan. All right, you're t- that's about where they lost me. <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me that you're not excited about a game from the makers of the acclaimed anticipation for the NES. For real, hey, I I slalom had some fun with both slalom and anticipation. <laughs> I I I the anticipation is killing me for anticipation too. Mm-hmm. You should listen to the the soundtrack from anticipation it is like bonkers good well it's if, if limited run would put it out on vinyl i'd pre-order it i will start taking <laughs> every tweet well they listen to you because you're you're their people yeah. so uh so the, the next thing just to fire off a handful real quick um i we didn't see any gameplay from this game uh but the uh they, they showed like a little trailer that kind of gives you an idea of what kind of game it is really really cool name and really really cool title screen so it's probably going to be good uh <laughs> it's it's called contraband which is from the oh, yeah. uh, uh the guys who do uh, just cause um, so it, okay, I didn't it, recognize the name, but I couldn't yep. remember what else they did. Yeah, Av- Avalanche, if I remember correctly. Um, so uh, uh, that I mean, it's it's going to be that type of you know probably action. I would assume uh, first or third person action, 
and it kind of has that feel like you're like the the trailer implies that like you're planning heists or like planning a job so it's kind of like uh you know you can go in different ways and things like that so uh yeah didn't see too much else about that but it's definitely on the radar because uh that, that's that's cool stuff now this next one is one that i i like typically like call of duty and battlefield stuff like i'm kind of with you guys in that i'm like all right you know i'll just sit here and wait until the next game because this isn't my jam uh, I thought the Battlefield 2042 trailer, granted it's not an exclusive or anything, they just showed it. I thought the Battlefield 2042 trailer was B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Uh, like, it, it reminded me of, uh, what was the Mission Impossible? Was it 5? Where there's like the, the, the dust, the dust storm at, in like Dubai. I watching those after they pulled off all the faces in like two or three. That's what I was once, say. I, I just, once, I think it's uh, funny that they're even, I didn't even realize they had gotten to 5. There, there, there's several, Obviously, there's the several was past that. At least four times. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's several past that, and it's to the point where they stop using numbers because it'll be like you know, Jason takes Manhattan. It's, it's like uh, it's like Fast <laughs> and Furious at this point, huh? Right. It's it's uh, it's it's like a, a Ethan v Freddy Krueger now. So just like no more numbers. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, there was the one where he's like climbing like the, the the skyscraper in Dubai, and there's like this like big like kind of like dust storm hitting at the same time. It reminded me of that because Battlefield has always been about like you know like Call of Duty is kind of about like small squad based uh, like PvP, and Battlefield has always been about like okay, let's get you know like 25 versus 25, 50 versus 50, and this is before all the um, uh, what do you call it uh, battle royale stuff hit, right? They, they all have Battle Royale modes, but Battlefield has always been about get, like, a whole bunch of people on a map together. Think, so to always, see that trailer... I always thought oh, Battlefield was about get to the helicopter as fast as you can so you can not fly the helicopter and crash it instantly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, I, it's granted it's been a number of years since I've played a Battlefield game, but the, uh, uh, the, the trailer they showed that just had kind of, like, Bionic Commando, like, you know, a grapple swinging... And, uh, like, you know, scaling buildings, jumping out of buildings, parachuting over to another one, you know, just, it looks like you were, like, trying to get to, like, an evac point. Uh, it just had, like, all these kind of, like, you know, big action movie set piece moments that, of course, could have been planned for a trailer, but if that's, like, what the game is, like, if it's, like, a multiplayer shooter that's, you know, kind of built into this, uh, this setting of, all right, like, there's an urgent objective with, like, chaos going on around you. I think that could be something that uh, could be really interesting. So I thought it was worth mentioning. Chaos. Did you mention chaos? Chaos. <laughs> we have to and then, uh, there's, chaos. <laughs> and then there's just two more I want to mention real quick. Uh, I, uh, a lot of people thought that Redfall was going to be the name of the new Elder Scrolls game because that was like the, the one they closed the show with, right? Right, yeah. So the one they closed the show with uh, was called Redfall, and a lot of people had seen like the logo leaked and T-shirts, and you know, like Phil Spencer was wearing a Redfall shirt like earlier in the show. So people are like, "Oh, this is definitely gonna, this is the name of the new you know Elder Scrolls game." Uh, it turns out it's not. Uh, it is a uh, uh, a game, probably a first-person uh, perspective game. From the team that did the Dishonored titles, um, so Is Dishonored that Arcane. Uh, yes, Arcane, exactly. So Arcane, um, the Dishonored games are games that I probably haven't given a fair shake. I think I tried the first one for like 30 minutes when it was a game with gold, or like at some point in time when I just had access to it temporarily. And like the combination of stealth and first person is not always something that I've I've you know kind of been super comfortable with without, you know, a little bit of uh, kind of practice and whatever game I'm, I'm working in. So I think I just tried it real quick and was like, oh, that's interesting, and I never went back to it. So I, I would actually like to give those games a, a, another try at some point. So 
this is on my uh, on my radar now. And the last one I'll mention, which uh, I, again I do not think this is exclusive. I think this is coming to everything. But when I saw this trailer, I like paused it and I got my kids and I was like, guys, look. It was Slime Rancher 2, and they are super excited. Is it? The sequel, I think. Oh, I I just assumed. Just so we don't have a correction. You got some kind of dealer. My son uh, got really into the the first one that Epic gave away uh, for Mm. like a good month. Uh, So I mentioned to him there's a sequel, and then he he perked up. Oh, you're right. So you know what I did when I I looked up Slime Rancher 2 before the call, and the like the you know. like the wiki page, like whatever, like the preview article came up, it was showing the data for Slime Rancher 1. But yeah, 2 uh, is set to arrive on Xbox and PC uh, uh, and Epic Game Store in 22. So yeah, that that is one that we will be enjoying uh, with our noses slightly turned up, but not not too much because everyone's welcome to come over. You, you guys can all play. It's not, it's it's cool. We're not, we're not, you know, well, excluding anybody. We just have anybody. to finish the Jack Sparrow Sea of Thieves let's play anything else, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and delete it off the uh, off the off the console. And uh, the only other one I had to mention here from the other shows was Metroid, which we've already talked about. So uh, yeah, that was. Uh, and and on, honestly, typically, I'm I'm not really a show guy for very similar reasons that Chris mentioned earlier. Even if something's like right in my wheelhouse, if they're like, "All right, Bill, the game is coming out." Uh, <laughs> if it's if it's coming out in like four months, I'm like. Give it to me. This is awesome. If it's coming out like next year or later, I'm like, okay, talk to me in six months. You know, like I, I really need it to be closer to get excited about it. Um, so normally I'm not just a show guy, right? So uh, this this year especially, just having a whole bunch of things that seemed really interesting. Oh, and I, I skipped over uh, one of the ones on my list. Um, the uh, 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 two of them actually, Twelve Minutes by Annapurna. Right. I've seen uh, that that one before. that, yeah, that, that cool. time loop uh, uh, thriller um, with some pretty uh, good voice acting uh, uh, talent in there. Oh, yep. yeah. and uh, Somerville, um, which uh, is a console the, launch exclusive. The guys that did Inside and Limbo, right? So here's the thing: I have in my notes that like it looks like Inside and Limbo, but I didn't know if it was that team. I think it's one of the, at least one of the guys that that. Uh, develop those i think is strongly involved with that game yeah it, it, it definitely has that look and feel but i i couldn't like it's not play dead so i wasn't sure so if you're saying that it's one of the guys who was involved that makes sense total sense yeah. um so yeah it was it was great because normally everyone's enjoying e3 and i'm like I, I support you guys i'm so happy that you're happy <laughs> so it was really nice to have like a billy three where i was like oh my god oh, i want to play so much of this <laughs> so are we so yeah gonna so talk about the other you know, talking about exclusives, uh, you know, they came out and said, I think, to, not to my surprise, uh, well, you guys thought that Starfield oh, was going to be Bethesda? exclusive. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I had a feeling, I, like, of everything, I thought that they would do Elder Scrolls uh, multi, uh, even though it hasn't really been announced for anything yet. Um, but I, I had a feeling Starfield was going to be PC and Xbox because I mean, like, what do you spend those billions of dollars for and yeah. not have at least one? Bi- and I early, th- and I think early on they said we're going to honor the agreements we like had already they had already announced or already talked about. So anything that they already said was coming to other platforms will still be. So I had a feeling that that means okay, then stuff we haven't talked about yet will not be. Yeah, I think the only reason they've kind of left their their messaging vague is both a little bit of what Bill just talked about. And also, because they'll probably keep games like uh, Fallout 76 and Elder Scrolls Online multi-platform still, sure. I think. Yeah, but I don't think anybody... Does anybody expect the next Elder Scrolls game to be on everything? No, that's going to that's gonna be on Xbox yeah, and course. PC. 
Of course yeah. it will. I don't know why I don't know why everybody gets in an uproar about that. So it's like, duh. It's I mean, that's nice. why you buy studios. Yeah. That's why I buy studios. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when I got a couple billion to throw around, that's why. <laughs> a couple won't do it any more than that. <laughs> uh, okay. well, you know. Yeah, and 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 I've I've learned the hard way. Once you buy studios, it takes a few years before you can announce enough games that Bill will have a good E three. <laughs> But yeah, so that that's that's my E three stuff. So moving backwards, uh, getting to my just bill stuff, uh, I did my uh, uh, Destiny weekly story content, which uh, I talked about before. They they kind of uh, kind of trickle out uh, some story um, content and uh, you know voice uh, or sorry, um, uh, kind of like some lore and some some text uh, every week. So made it through all my uh, weekly content, and that was uh, very nice. It's moving forward nicely, uh, and for those who aren't following. What we what we suspected is true. The Vex aren't behind the Endless Night. It <gasps> looks like it's Savathun through Coria. So it's it's getting real over here. <laughs> Reapers. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> the collect. Yeah, the so uh, so let's put it in Mass Effect terms. Uh, uh, Coria was uh, sorry. Coria was working for the Reapers. She's indoctrinated. Yep. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. So uh, and and so what that's building up to? They've already said the next three years of content. Uh, so the next year is going to be the Witch Queen, which is Savathun, which they've been alluding to since the Taken King. Uh, it's been delayed. It was supposed to come out this fall, but they said months ago that it's going to be coming out early next year, just to you know keep their team sane, uh, sure. which is which is fine. Um, so we're going to be enjoying story content, kind of leading up to the Witch Queen uh, for the next several seasons. And uh, so we got an, our you know Vault of Glass back. We'll get crossplay next season, I think. Um, so yeah, we'll just keep moving forward with that. Uh, other than Destiny, I uh, have been pretty heavy in Mass Effect. I finished Mass Effect 1 since the last show. Uh, I am past the halfway point in Mass Effect 2. Uh, and th- that's my primary game. Um, and we've, we've you know, I'm always impressed at how much time Chris and Kelsey are able to get in. And I ask them both on the side, I'm like, listen, you know, we all have jobs, we all have kids, like, how do you guys do this? And they're like, yeah, we, you know, you just gotta schedule it. Like, you just gotta make that time, right? So... Uh, I went to my wife and I was like, listen, I don't want to just disappear into the basement when I get home from work. So like, let's figure out something that works. So we figured out something that works. We have a nice routine and I have regular time to play games now, which is awesome. Oh, so, sweet. yeah. So I, I noticed you've been like posting a lot about it. So I figured you figured out something consistent, but that, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, and it's one of those things where, you know, we've always kind of just like played it by ear where it's like, what do you want to do tonight? You know, like, so on any given night, I don't know if we're going to be watching tv or watching a movie or just like you know chilling out at the fire pit type deal so but because we also don't want like a hundred percent structure because then we feel like we're locked into things so we found this nice middle ground where we you know have some structure some freedom and some you know kind of like okay here's the wild card you know type deal so uh, it's working out great and i'm playing you know tons of games which is uh you know part of the uh part of the part of the magic of this setup so uh yeah i'm making really really good progress uh in two uh, I was actually going to play a little bit more tonight, but we had to do uh, a little bit more yard work than we thought, so I only ended up playing a little bit this morning. Uh, but very excited to uh, talk about two uh, probably in the next show, and uh, yeah, so I'll and I'll get started on three so that we can uh, just go right into that uh, after that. Uh-huh. Um, so, and real quick, wanted to mention uh, I started. Um, you know, me and my wife got up early and have our coffee like always. 
I threw the Xbox on and I did my Destiny content. And when that was done, I said, okay, let me just fire up something else just, you know, for fun for, you know, like 10, 15 minutes before the kids get up or something. So I kind of did the roulette thing. I like went to my play later list from Game Pass and I just did like a, you know, pick a rando and Final Fantasy X uh, remaster uh, comes up. <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's do it. And it's funny for as much as I love this game, it's my favorite, um, favorite Final Fantasy game, uh, mainline game. Uh, I've I've never played this this remaster. Good so. thing you said mainline because I know your yep. your favorite one's going to be Strangers in Chaos. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Final Fantasy Strangers with Candy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so yeah, I uh, I've played a couple of the the remasters or the sorry the remakes um, like uh, you know that have some of the fun features like you know fast forwarding uh, through combat or just like making all your attacks do ten thousand damage. So I didn't realize that the 10 remaster has the option right when you start the game. Uh, do you want to have the original soundtrack or the uh, kind of like rearranged or like you know, the, the, sym- the symphony arranged? And they give you a preview of each, like right in that menu. So I was like, ooh, let me let me hear the new stuff. I'm very familiar with the old, so let me hear the new. And also they're like, oh, for the sphere grid, do you want like the original, like the regular awesome one, or do you want the expert? I was like, well... This isn't my first rodeo, so let's give me the expert. So uh, I've, I've discovered that uh, you are you still start in your the same kind of like spot you normally start in, uh, and there are still locks on the sphere grid, but there are not as many. Like a lot of the level one locks are just not there. So if you start, you know, uh, you know, like Titus normally goes up, and then you know that's where he goes. Titus. If you yeah, Vivi, uh, if you just <laughs> if you just want to go down and just take the Kamari path, like you can do that. If you want to like pop over, you know, it takes you 15 spaces to get over to Waka's spot, you can do that. So it, it's funny, like they give you this freedom, and I'm like, but but I want you know, like I want haste, you know, like I so like I'm actually uh, thinking about it a lot more, uh, you know, like, kind of which paths to take, which I guess is the point. So uh, so yeah, I ended up playing it, and then the kids got up, and I was like, oh sorry guys, I'll turn this off. You know, it's not your jam. But they sat and watched me play uh, Final Fantasy X. Uh, we played together for like a good like half hour, and uh, uh, like the Albed came, and they're like, "Who are those guys? Oh, those are the Albed. Oh, what do they want? You know?" So it was cool. Well, they were kind of into it. It's time your father showed you Blitzball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the, they they did get to see the death metal, uh, completely out of place death metal in the beginning of Final Fantasy X. And uh, uh, the last thing I'll mention about the kids, uh, and then I'll be done with my time, is uh, I, I was going to say this uh, before the recording started, but Kelsey uh, wanted me to wait till it was on record. My my <laughs> kid my kids got this, uh, you know, you know, kids get questions in their heads, so they're like, Dad, what what Pokemon reminds you of me? And, I, and you know, I'm not a huge Pokemon guy, so I know the ones that they told me about, and I'm like, oh man, I don't know, bud, you know, there's because sometimes you're like you really like plants so like you could be like you know like bulbasaur and sometimes you really are like all about animals so maybe rowlet like you know i just don't know a lot of them so then i i came back and i was like what pokemon do i remind you of and he really thought about it and then and then he looked at me and he said what pokemon it was and i don't know what pokemon that is so i had to go look it up and can i tell you how flattered i was when he said machamp oh sweet (laughs) you want your kid to see you as a machamp Exactly. It's pretty sweet. So for those who aren't familiar, Machamp is this, it's a humanoid Pokemon. So, you know, biped uh, and forearms like Goro and just muscles for days. Buff. Oh, man. He is he is the Zangief, uh, the forearmed Zangief of uh, Pokemon. <laughs> so I was thrilled with that answer. And to take it one step further, uh, you know, I always have to kind of poke the bear a little bit, right? So I said, hey, guys, 
what Pokemon reminds you of mom? <laughs> and they they said it, and then we looked it up, and we had a laugh about it. <laughs> Sarah was no, a good sport. But this is not probably what your mom wants to think that you are <laughs> reminded of. So the Pokemon that my oldest son chose for my wife was Jinx. Oh, yeah. That's not attractive. <laughs> monstrosity. So just Google that one, J-Y-N-X. So, uh, so yeah, that was a fun little uh, journey we went on with my kids just uh, this morning uh, down the Pokemon lane. So, yeah, that's basically what I've been up to and kind of E3 catch-up. And, uh, yeah, that's all me. Can, cool. Can I just uh, mention that I'm really glad that none of your boys rem- uh, remind you of Squirtle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when they're doing the dead man's float in the pool, but... Uh... <laughs> um, I've been playing a lot of Mass Effect 2 and 3 as well, but we'll save that conversation for the the next couple shows. Uh, so finally finishing with those, um, I started NES again, of course. So I beat Ghoul School, uh, which was... I've only got 30 games left after beating that one. So that was like a cool, another cool milestone to hit. That's Electro Brain, right? Um, I, I don't think it is, oh, but okay. I can't remember what it actually is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a, um, what's his name? Uh, Gary, come on. Hanna Barbera programming on Atari Gary Kitchen. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Yeah, it's a Gary Kitchen game. So is it? Um, uh, it's not Absolute. Would it be then? I don't. I can't remember. Okay. I kept thinking yeah. it was Electro. I can't remember for some reason. I I don't think it is, but I, uh, I could be yep. off. Uh, it's a uh, so it? real quick. It's Electro Brain Publishing, right. developed by Imagineering. Imagineering. Okay. okay. That, they also did Boyna's Blob, yeah. right? Yeah, and you can you can see the connection between the two, like the kind of maze like puzzles they have, and like you pick up an item and you play a, a, like a teenage kid. And th- yeah, they share a lot of DNA there. So I have not played this. Is this a survival horror? Um, kind of. It's you're like in a high school, and it's kind of laid out like a maze. So okay. you've got to get through the high school, and there's all these aliens and monsters in your way um it's it's cool for an nes game in that when you kill a monster like it's gone like so if you wipe out a whole hallway the next time you come back to the hallway in the maze you don't have to worry about that bad guy anymore they don't respawn gotcha uh and then yeah you're trying to find all these items uh weapons and shoes and stuff to boost up your abilities so you can get like uh like a sickle at some point and then that's good on the plant enemies and you can get this like uh, spinal tap and then when you run into like <laughs> skeletons uh you can take those out but it's like super close range uh so th- it's kind of got like a metroid thing to it it's just really clumsy about it so it's not great but if you like the horror theme you might like it a little more than i did it did have a really funny ending i laughed out loud at the end because <laughs> the whole time you're like this punk rock kid and you're trying to save the like head cheerleader and so you, you, you're killing monsters and you're exploring the school and you're defeating aliens and you finally get to the last boss and it's this big alien and she's like behind this like protective barrier. So you kill the alien and then you have to destroy the barrier 
Uh, you grab her and you head out of the school and all of you're like outside of the school and all of the uh, like souls of these monsters are like floating out of the, uh, the the school and you're just watching it and you put your arm around her and she looks at you and she takes a huge step away from you and then the whole rest of the game is just her like three feet away so you can't touch her <laughs> and she will not make eye contact with you again so i just thought it was really funny it didn't end like every other nes game where you like you go kiss the girl she just she wasn't into that uh and then i started playing nigel mansell's world championship racing uh and i am i think there's 16 courses in that and i think i'm eight through it now uh, and I've got it saved where I have the same points as the next closest person. So we're tied for first. Uh, and it looks like it's going to give the CPU the advantage if there's a tie. So I got to I gotta bust ahead of this guy. Um, but it's it's tough. It's like a sim racer. So they're, they're pretty strict. And they do the, the stupid thing that a lot of NES racers do where you the human player have to take a pit stop to change your tires and none of the computer (laughs) players do so you you build up a a big lead and then you go to take a like you're in first place the next closest guy's like six seconds behind you you take your pit you come out and all of a sudden you're in sixth place and you're like ah gotta go through everybody again it'd be great if that happened in days of thunder because it actually happens Uh, in the movie (laughs) (laughs) oh culture days of thunder is one of my favorite films sorry go ahead I still need to watch that one. I know all my days of, of Thunder story from the NES game. <laughs> uh, my daughter finally asked to play Mario 3D World again. So I was really happy about that because she played with her friend. They came over and he was like bragging. He's like, I'm really good at Mario. And they just annoyed the heck out of each other playing it. Like I had to make them turn it off in less than 10 minutes because they were just frustrating each other. So I think he killed her enjoyment of that game for like a week and then finally she got over it we had a really good time going back to it just being silly i, I love the famous last words just so you know i'm really good at this game <laughs> so many stories that start with that and friendships end he was not <laughs> um and then i've been still plugging away at persona q2 i've just uh this morning got the uh, Persona 3 cast, or most of them. There's still two characters in that cast I have to track down. But So I've got like all the Persona 5 cast, all the Persona 4 cast, and all but two of the Persona 3 cast. So it's a, it's a big group, and it's really hard to make a team of five out of them because I like way more than five of these characters. But I'm really enjoying the game. It's, it's a ton of fun. Um, and so, since we've all been playing Mass Effect, but we're not ready to talk about it, let's talk about every other sci-fi game we can think of. <laughs> so, going back to like your your earlier memories, like back in the '80s, what were some of the earliest sci-fi games that made an impression on you? Uh, let's start with Chris on this one. So, the first one I put down. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of like space shooter, like. Sp- space invaders and that kind of stuff i remember playing yeah. in arcade but like just thinking back to like the origin of to like video games like a lot of it is very space themed like like you said space invaders and computer wars and stuff like that like it's always been really big yeah but there was never like much character to them i mean it was like shoot the stuff so i mean you know yep. as far as making an impression goes I, you know they were similar 
and you played them and they were fun enough but I mean I wouldn't say they made you know like some kind of oh my gosh impress, like indelible impression <laughs> of them I remember playing them the first one I put down here that really stuck with me for some reason was Xenophobe in the arcade hmm and, oh, yeah. um, and that was simply because it was one of those first games where, A, it was multiplayer, right? You had, um, I want to say three people could play on the, on the cabinet at the same time. And the screen was split. So, you know, you were all playing on the same base, but you were, could all independently move into different parts of the base. And it was obviously a ripoff of Alien. I mean... Oh yeah. I mean, but obviously they 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 took as much license as they could without getting sued. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you haven't played Xenophobe, the idea is pretty straightforward. You're um, what look like Star Trek guys uh, in the Alien universe, pretty much. You fly to a ship, and you have to basically cleanse it of the aliens. And in the process, you can pick up guns and bombs and things for points and food and you have so much energy and when you get, take too much damage you die and um, once you kind of eradicate enough enemies you can set the self-destruct for the place and escape and then you're on to the next ship and uh, I mean that's xenophobe in short but <laughs> it was just it was really interesting because uh, you know of the format with the multiple people playing at the same time sometimes you're in the same room you know sometimes you're not um you had a big is there friendly fire i don't remember it's been a long time since i've played like legit arcade xenophobe there may have been i I don't remember i don't remember that being a problem so maybe not i remember you had a lot of variety in your movement like you could squat you could jump um and so hitting all the enemies like sometimes you'd have to squat or like if an enemy would get a hold of you you'd have to jump to knock it off of you and the some of the, the different weapons you could get, I mean, like, you, like the most basic one, you get like a Star Trek kind of like phaser weapon. But then there was like this rifle that like shot lightning bolts, and there were grenades. And I mean, it wasn't the most complex game in the universe, but it was fun because you got to play with your friends, um, and it was unique. And it, again, it was like Alien. It was riffing off that kind of thing. And the game came out, I believe, before the movie Aliens did. So it was still kind of like taking off that original the sweet spot in between the two. Right, it was still riffing off the original Alien, and uh, but again, like with this weird, it's Star definitely Trek got like a like a creepy vibe to it from what I played. Yeah, I mean, obviously you've played. I'm going to guess the NES version is probably somewhere yeah, in right. there. Um, but it's not too different with the NES. I think the NES you're limited to like two players at the same time, uh, yeah. as opposed to three. But other than that, the game is. You know, besides not looking as nice, it's pretty much the same thing. I remember renting it yeah, on the NES. So. A little bit of like maze and puzzle stuff. Like you'd go into a room, and there'd be like a, a electric barrier blocking, yeah. and you got to go figure out where to shut the barriers off and stuff. And I imagine that would be really cool with a teammate if he can like be in a different room to turn off the barrier for you. Yeah, absolutely. Or you know, like one person set the self destruct, and you're like, oh crap, I don't know how to get out of here. Right? <laughs> so um, you'd be like, uh oh. Um, or, you know, you could try to, like, oh, let's stay together so we can fend off the aliens together. And, and you know, had a lot of different ideas that you could do with it. Um, so it was fun. It was very unique uh, for at the time. And as far as sci-fi games, it really stood out to me. Cool. But you, Bill, what's, uh, what's an early one for you? 
So the earliest one that I can remember, and it, I know it was before we had the Nintendo, because I've, I've told the stories before. We were at like uh, my aunt's house for Thanksgiving, and like all the older cousins were downstairs playing Nintendo. And there was this one game that RBI Baseball is not sci-fi. <laughs> it can be <laughs> if the uh, if if the Houston Astros are playing, uh, huh? Uh? <laughs> right, I'll allow it. Baseball, so, um, maybe instead. Yeah, right. There you go. Now we're now we're talking. So, um, uh, but it was this, you know, really, really, you know, so a, a big part of like sci-fi for me, especially like the, the, the subgenre that deals with like space exploration is the isolation. Um, so the first time, uh, uh, I remember like just kind of being like, like really like jarred by that, like seeing it in a game was in Metroid. Um, the, the, the crazy, crazy isolation of like that title screen, uh, just like that with that jarring dissonant music, uh, like you really, it really kicks it off and you're like, okay, you're like alone on an alien world. And, uh, uh, yeah, that, that was a big, big, uh, first impression for me, uh, for early sci-fi for sure. And then, uh, the one, one other I wanted to mention that, uh, we had um it was a little while uh, uh later because we were like big into nintendo for a while but we ended up getting a master system and one game that uh, i don't know if there's really like a lot of deep you know lore uh to it or anything but it, it made an impression because we played it a ton was alien syndrome um so i don't know okay. if this is i don't know if this is a you know like a really popular really hot one but it's also you know either inspired by or you know ripping off uh, alien just with the you know the cover art and like the the types of uh, aliens you're fighting but it's kind of like a top-down shooter where you can uh, kind of move around and there's like you know aliens invading and the, you kind of have to you know like defeat like the aliens that are aboard the ship uh, type deal so that was another one where like you kind of feel uh like not like a like a kind of like a like a badass commando like in contra or something where you're just running gun and killing everything i kind of feel like i could get overwhelmed by all these aliens and again that like isolation feel um so for me that that was a, a big part of the early uh, impressions on sci-fi is the isolation portion and like all the games we're talking about so far are like very alien inspired well, yeah mean, that was the time well, right i mean yeah it was either star wars ripoff or star trek ripoff or alien ripoff yeah um, so one of my neighbors had a 2600 growing up and I think my first ones were like, we played quite a bit of moon patrol, Yara's revenge. And I think even when I was little, I realized the space invaders wasn't that good on the 2600. I, I played it a little bit, but yeah, it was more moon patrol and Yara's revenge were the ones we kept revisiting. Um, but like you said, they didn't really have that character as something to like really draw me in. And I think the first game, like the, the timing's a little blurry in my mind, so there's two it could be, but I think Mega Man 3, um, I know it's not like hard sci-fi, it's not like space travel stuff, but like all the robots and things, and mm-hmm. it seemed futuristic. So that one's one that I would say kind of cemented it early for me. Uh, but the one that's definitely unquestionably sci-fi that, that really hooked me was Space Quest 3 on the PC. Played so much of that because (laughs) it was before we had internet i didn't know a single other person who was playing it so i couldn't ask for help so it was just try these puzzles over and over and over and over again until you figure something out have like five or six different saves to try different things out um so we eventually um made our way through it my dad would play a little bit with me not like usually early on and then he'd lose interest after a couple hours and i'd have to go through the rest (laughs) myself 
But I eventually made it through Space Quest 3 without being able to look things up. Um, but I think it took like a good year of, of pretty solid trying. Wow. Um, but yeah, like same thing. Like they they had a lot of different little parodies of uh, other sci-fi properties. Like the, there was a guy chasing you who was very Arnold Terminator. <laughs> and they had the like the space uh, truck stop out in the middle of nowhere. And, like, <laughs> And it was a very silly game, like right from the get-go. So I didn't catch all the parodies as a kid. I can recognize some of them now after the fact. But it was really, really fun. And I loved how it felt like you're exploring space. Like you'd be stuck somewhere initially in like one location until you could find a vehicle. And then you'd fix the vehicle and then you can go to another location. It just felt like this big sprawling world that I hadn't really been able to do in a video game before and that was that was really really cool for me um do you guys have a favorite genre of video game for sci-fi so like like shoot 'em ups are really commonly sci-fi um surprisingly like there are there are a fair amount of rpgs but i don't think they're usually the ones people go to and they're like the best rpgs of all time there's not a lot that you put in that sci-fi category and stuff uh, there's a lot of shoot 'em ups, uh, or sorry, so, uh, I mean first-person shooters. Um, so, what what are you guys' favorite uh, genres for a little sci-fi coat of paint on top of them? For me, I mean, I I have to go with RPG because that's my favorite sci-fi games are in the RPG space. So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get to some of those faves in a little bit, but. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah, like, you know, sh- shooters and things of that nature take place in, in obviously a lot in that environment or arcadey kind of things. But, um, again, if you, if you want to really explore the idea of science fiction, to me, it's like that's that should be an RPG thing. Even, like, early ones that didn't get it right, like, uh, I don't know if that's right, but, like, Buck Rogers on the Genesis, you know, is like a Okay. port of a computer game right and like the manual is like six million pages thick yeah and it's like really complex and way too much honestly for the genesis but you know that just gives you an idea like this is the kind of stuff you really have to stop and kind of think about and you get to learn about narratives and and you know what's going on in a in an area where you know other than like in a shooter I and mean, what do you get like oh evil space creature x is coming to kill the universe and you got you're the one ship that can't kill it i mean so yeah i would have to go with rpgs for sure very cool i'm pretty curious to hear some of yours because i was making a list of different sci-fi games in different genres and i only had like four under (laughs) rpg that were significant to me and one of them's kind of iffy even in that four (laughs) so i'm really curious to hear your list there uh, how about you, Bill? What's your uh, favorite genre for sci-fi? Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I, it's hard not to say shooter, being such a big Destiny fan, and with the story and the lore um, being like such a big part of that. Um, so, uh, but at the same time, um, with kind of with what Chris said, you're able to go deeper with RPG, uh, just being story driven, being able you know to dive deeper. There are uh, genres that, uh, you know, kind of push that exploration. So for me, like a big part of like, uh, and, and we'll talk about this later, there, there's there's a lot of sub-genres for sci-fi. Um, but when I just talk about kind of like, you know, that, that traditional, you know, 
very spacey, very extraterrestrial, very, you know, like what is out there, you know, uh, type sci-fi. I, I tend to think of like exploration as like a cornerstone, whether it's, you know, the enterprise exploring distant worlds or, you know, like a, one man exploring, you know, to see how he can save humanity because the earth is dying, you know, like that, the, the very common trope stories. Um, so just going off of that, uh, the, that exploration piece, it led me to, uh, like the Metroidvania style, uh, because you are exploring uh, many times a new world or, not, or at least an unfamiliar world and learning things about it. A lot of times uncovering lore, like who are the Chozo? Why are they here? You know, like what, like did, did, you know, or, or an Axiom Verge, you know, why, how did I get here? Like what happened to humanity? You know, like all, all those kind of things. So it kind of led me to the Metroidvania, um, uh, 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 kind of genre as well as, um, uh, the, uh, the 4X, uh, style game. Uh, like your civilization oh, yeah. type games where you're exploring uh, distant worlds and, and literally like on each turn uncovering a new area of this world that's never been uncovered and what are you going to find? Are they going to be friendly? Is it going to help your mission? Is it going to hinder your mission? Are there other factions from your planet that are there as well? Are they going to help you? Are they not? Is there a deeper story? You know, uh, So those are kind of the... I mean, obviously, there's a lot of shooters. There's a good amount of RPGs. Um, and just like you, I have a ton. Like, when I first started my list, I was like, all right, I have some games on here, but not a ton. Uh, then I went to Wikipedia, and I read the definition of science fiction. And I was like, all right, <laughs> let's get a little loose here. <laughs> so the same thing. I have some that, like, might be iffy where you're like, eh, okay, I'll give it to you. But for, uh, uh, you know, kind of before I, I got got that far, I was like, yeah, the, the the Metroidvania and, like, the 4X are kind of the ones that I think, in, in you know, for me, like, lend themselves most to, like, that sci-fi aspect of, like, the traditional sci-fi. All right. I agree with, like, everything you just said. But when I was trying to think of my favorite genre, for some reason, I wasn't thinking, like, exploration um, and, like, learning new stuff. I was just thinking, like, cool tech Mm. uh cool visual design like stuff like that and a genre that i I don't talk about a lot but that i think all of my favorite games are sci-fi themed is racing um i love the f-zero games especially uh star wars episode one racer uh wipeout all of those but specifically 2048 uh rock and roll racing like all my favorite racers are like (laughs) very strongly like, sci-fi <laughs> and futuristic themed um so i just i just thought that was kind of interesting because when i was looking at shooters and role-playing games and stuff i'm like my favorites in these genres are not really the sci-fi ones uh, right. they're like i do like some of them obviously but uh mm-hmm. yeah racing kind of stuck out to me for some reason there which was uh interesting and like you mentioned the 4x uh real-time strategy is another one that i really really like that uh sci-fi coat of paint like uh, i grew up playing like dune 2000 Mm. um got into star wars galactic battlegrounds later uh starcraft uh command and conquerors really sci-fi um i I did like the warcraft games as well but that was like an outlier like all the other ones had to have the like sci-fi theme because it was like you said like exploring alien worlds and mining them and you get to create these like really crazy uh ships and and units that you couldn't uh, make on earth kind of thing awesome yeah no it's i i love whenever i hear you talk about uh, uh the racers that you like and i always you know have to bring up the one that i kind of 
cut my teeth on was Extreme G2 on the N64. Yeah, that fits right in there with what I'm talking about. Totally. Yeah, which which is like what really got like it made me like a just a casual fast you know racing fan, and it turned me into an Extreme G fan. Uh, <laughs> so it was it's so 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 good. So nice. and I and yeah, you mentioned Episode One Racer. Yeah. We, we played quite a bit of multiplayer Extreme G. Very cool. Yeah, no, it's not what I would have thought of, but yeah, I mean, once once you kind of get going like down that rabbit hole, it's like, oh hell yeah, there's there's a lot going on there. Yeah, and like you said, there's like a lot of first person shooters, a lot of shoot 'em ups that are that are definitely sci-fi themed, but they're not typically my favorite ones in the, in the genres. Uh, so let's get into some favorites, uh, Chris. You were talking about role playing games, uh, like what kind of games you got on your list for role playing? So, um. Obviously, I have to start with ones that probably won't be surprising anybody that listens to the show, but that would be um, <laughs> the Fantasy Star series. Uh, uh-huh. Obviously, that made a strong impression on me, um, especially Fantasy Star 2 when I played that. It was just kind of, at the time, it was, um, I don't know. I mean, just, there wasn't really much like it at the time. You, you have to understand, like, Fantasy, like the original Fantasy Star came out what? before Final Fantasy came out. Yeah, I was going to say, when did 2 come out? Was that like 89, 90? Yeah, like, yeah, like, Fantasy Star 2 was hitting like, uh, you know, like really early compared to a lot of stuff here in the U.S. So, uh, you know, and it was pretty advanced uh, for the time. You know, everybody else was playing like Dragon Quest or something. And, you know, <laughs> I'm over here playing Fantasy Star 2. <laughs> and, uh, it, yeah, it was just, it had a great story. It had twists and turns. The graphics were beautiful. It had a lot of gameplay to it. It was this whole another space world and you got to go between different planets uh and wisdom uh you know and so much so that i played fantasy star 2 first and then uh loved it so much i went back and got the the master system game so i could play through it and um the power base converter and all that uh and it's also really interesting it it's more fantasy cross sci-fi than fantasy star 2 i think is more is more just sci-fi but just the twists and the turns, and they take through that series and all the content, um, you know, all through the four games. And then obviously you get into things like Fantasy Star Online and and everything that goes along with that. And it's just a a series that's really done a lot um, for the different genres that they've been in. So um, I I couldn't I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about those. Um, outside of that, you know. Some of these I'll get to will be obvious in a minute, but something that stuck out to me, I don't know if it's necessarily RPGs, I guess it's more of an adventure game, but um, I never got much into the cyberpunk games, but there was Rise of the Dragon on Sega CD. Uh, that's a cool game, yeah. Yeah, which was kind of like the cyberpunk kind of... Uh... Fairy Blade Runner yeah, inspired. Yeah, yeah. I, I, did, I did not know that it had a Blade Runner feel, like, and you could you probably should be able to tell something from a little bit from the cover art, but like I had it forever, and then I, I I remember it was ages ago, and then I like I heard somewhere like oh yeah like that's like super Blade Runner, and I was like are you kidding? And then uh, I I popped that in, but yeah that's uh, that was a, a pleasant surprise. Yeah, so I mean I wouldn't say that's one of my favorite games in the world, but it was kind of cool when I you know I was one of the few people that I knew that had a Sega CD, so <laughs> you know when you'd rent games like that you'd be like oh this is kind of neat and it was different and yeah. When, when I first picked up a Sega CD, I got like a small bundle of games, like five or six games, and that was one of them that, used, that seemed pretty common to come with a lot of yeah. a lot of uh, lots. Yeah. And I like wrote it off, and like 
it's like an adventure game won't, won't really enjoy it and then i don't know why but i plopped it in one day and i got hooked on it it was, <laughs> it was very surprising um i yeah loved it right through the, the ending was weird because you like turn it turn all of a sudden it turns into like a side scroller for one stage <laughs> but the whole rest of the game up to that point really really cool that was the 90s so uh but yeah it's kind of like a poor man snatcher i guess it's kind of definitely yeah it's a good description but i mean it's not it's a good game um it's just different and i think it gets lost in the shuffle because of there because snatcher is such a huge uh thing in that space that it just puts too big of a shadow out there but um you know outside of that getting into more modern things i mean we i think we'd all be remiss if we didn't talk about kotor and uh yep that's on my list too how it really put bioware on the map um and paved the way for you know the mass effect games that we've been playing and how it really really did an amazing job of opening up storytelling in games it probably did the universe uh more favors than anything else in the video game space for star wars because honestly everything that's in that movie area and genre just seems to recycle the same crap over and over and it gets kind of dull and i'm guessing that's probably because you know there's prior restrictions on what you, what you can and can't do but by going to like this, unless, unless you know you'll sell a bunch of copies if you got a Chewbacca in there, uh, uh, Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi, or yeah, if you have all new characters, it's like, is this gonna sell? Which was kind of wild about this because they're like, look, we'll just set it way earlier, and then we don't have to worry about any of this crap, right? And it works. It's like, thank goodness we could get some different stories, and we don't have to deal with a bunch of crap that we just are just rehashed a trillion times. I don't want to worry about. You know, Darth Vader's cousin's brother that is now causing problems on indoors, you know, apartment building or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's okay. We can step outside the boundaries of these films. It's There's a big universe that's out there. And I'm really glad that um, KOTOR did that. And obviously, like I said, played, um, laid the foundation for the Mass Effect games, which we've already talked a lot about the first one. We'll talk more about the other. So I don't, I don't think I need to spend any more time on that here. Uh, other than I those are, I need to revisit the Kotor games because when I originally bought my Xbox, it was to play Jade Empire specifically, which I really enjoyed. Mm. And being a Star Wars fan and a Jade Empire fan, I was like, I'm gonna love Kotor, and I bounced off it like within the first hour. <laughs> like, really not having a good time, uh, but I feel like I can maybe go back and appreciate them more now. Is is Jade Empire based on Mara Jade? Of course. Oh. I figured. Yeah, it's, it's with, all this, with, with all the Star Wars talk, I figured it had to be. From Mortal Kombat. Um, <laughs> the D- Different Jade. <laughs> yeah, uh, ter- Masters of Terrace Kasi. But, uh, <laughs> so good. The, the thing, I, I'm the thing very with, excited for that to be on somebody's list. The, <laughs> the thing with KOTOR, though, is, yeah, the, the mechanics of it... Um, it is very much it. You have to play that like pause and make your choice style because if you try to play it like right. live action, you're gonna hate it. I think so. Um, just get I used can't to even that remember idea. which which way I tried to go about it. Yeah, it, it just if you go back to play it again, just do the you know the pause action choice like a, a like a role play, almost like a turn based role playing game. 
Because if you try to do it live action, I just don't think you're going to be real happy because it's very numbers-based. I've I've thought about going back to that, and I I just get really worried that it wouldn't hold up. So I just keep thinking, okay, like if someone you know does a remaster of that and tweaks the combat or whatever. But uh, yeah, I've I've not gone back in a long time, and I'm a little bit nervous. I hear it looks they they revamped so it looks prettier on the new Xbox consoles. So you know as pretty as it can okay. look. Um, so they upresed mm. and and you know whatnot. But obviously, it's still a very old game. Uh, both of them right. but the story was really great I mean it was a really neat story and it's not one that had been rehashed a gajillion times in the Star Wars universe like a lot of the other ones have so um, yeah it was fun there was some of the characters were very Bioware um, and some of them were really cool and some of them are like really can we get this guy out of here low rent <laughs> low rent Han Solo can we get rid of you um like you know i'll just tell you (laughs) great value on solo (laughs) right you'll just yeah (laughs) anybody that remembers kotor they'll remember karth and he's just yeah he's low rent han solo Um, (laughs) and you're just like oh get this guy out of here he's not he's not great but you get does he have like knockoff lines like his famous lines he, well, i don't even know. never tell me the statistics not exactly <laughs> it's like i said it's kind of like the generic it's like you get it it's like oh he wears a leather jacket <laughs> you know it's <laughs> it's kind of like that um i i would say that uh what's his name in Spaceballs was a better han solo ripoff than Garth. <laughs> so uh lone star um yeah, Bill Pullman. Star. So Pullman good. Star. The, uh, yeah, gosh, how, why did we never get Spaceballs the game? But anyway, um, I would. <laughs> Doesn't make any yeah. sense. They yeah, totally we got, set it up for that. Would, yeah, we got Spaceballs the flamethrower. We can't get Spaceballs the game. Merchandising. <laughs> but, uh. It's not, it's not too late. Uh, yeah, come on, Mel Brooks, you're still there and kicking. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, it did neat things with the Sith and, uh, like the, the big bads, uh, you know, and the story that went along with it was really good. And, uh, I don't know. It's just Bioware and, and sci-fi are just a fantastic fit. And I love the stuff. I love what they do. But you, Bill, any RPGs on your list? So you're, you're not going to believe it, but the two RPGs I had on my list were the Mass Effect series, <laughs> because you have to mention it, and Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, I, I didn't want to get too too nuts with, uh, you know, like, well, because the, the only thing that I'm... So again, earlier I said I'm, we're going to go into sub-genres of science fiction. Um, the only one that uh, uh, I didn't I figured would be off-limits in that was fantasy, which I really feel is something completely different, especially like, like the high fantasy type stuff of like Dragon Age uh, and things like that. Um, so uh, just keeping it in like the the strict science fiction space for the RPGs, um, yeah. Like to me, like it's it's Mass Effect and uh, Kotor. So those were the okay. two I had on my list for for RPG. But what about games that blend that high fantasy with sci-fi? That can be Ooh. pretty sweet sometimes. Yeah, yeah. What what, what, are you, what are you what are you thinking of? Uh, well, like Final Fantasy VII um, has been. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, for but, sure. But like, I played Panzer Dragoon Saga recently. That really goes in there uh mm. one of my favorite shoot 'em ups lords of thunder has like all high fantasy villains but you're like a <laughs> mech that flies around and shoots at them like 
Yeah, it, it's funny because yeah. sometimes I don't think of like the fusion, right? Like when I'm when I'm like thinking of like one genre. But you're right, there are because sure. I because I thought of Final Fantasy VII, uh, like as we were just going through uh, going through like making the list because there is that like you know a little bit of that like uh, uh, it's a, a lot of it is technology and a lot of it is like um, uh, pre- predictive. And like, you know, where are we going to be? Like, what's the world going to be like? And a lot of really good, really smart sci-fi, you look back on it, you're like, man, that dude got so much right about what 2030 or, you know, 2020 was going to be like, you know, back in 1981. Like, Neil Stevenson is, uh, given a lot of credit for, uh, um, I think it was, what's it called? Uh, Snow Crash. Um, if you've ever read his, no- his uh, uh, novel Snow Crash, mm-hmm. he talks, he talks about just the way people are online. Like, Ages ago, he wrote this book, and it's like this is exactly how how online society is. It was so crazy. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, uh, Final Fantasy VII for sure falls into that category. How about cool. um, Doom? Would you put Doom more sci-fi or like sci-fi fans? I mean, obviously it fits into sci-fi, well, but I mean, yeah, like the demons. I think it yeah, was into both. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When I was, and that's the thing is, like, with so many subgenres, I tried not to cheat. But as I was, you know, doing some preparation and trying to get some suggestions, I would, you know, I started looking up sci-fi stuff, and you, you definitely see it. I mean, you're talking about, you know, like, uh, uh, like, you know, you're a space marine, or you know, doom guy, or like a doom slayer, depending on, like, you know, which, uh, which game you're playing and what they call them. But you're on another planet, and it's not just demons, cyber demons. So there's your technology, <laughs> you know, and then, and then some of the more modern ones, like Doom Eternal, you're like on a spaceship, you know, like flying to, you know, it's, it's, yeah. So they, they really, really blend a lot more of the, uh, technology aspect in, but without needing, you know, without the need to explain every last bit of it, you know, like, uh, uh, like a lot of, uh, uh, sci-fi, uh, like even like Mass Effect, um, when you get like, you know, de- de- uh, deep into the lore or down into the lore, rather, you, we talked about in the first game how, there was like the tech, there was a research going on for like the FTL drives or the faster than light drives. Mm-hmm. And then the mass relays were just like, like that, that, uh, research was abandoned once the mass relays were kind of discovered and we started using them. So it's interesting that they even just put in that little bit explaining it. Whereas you go to something like Doom, it's absolutely sci-fi, even though that's not the aspect that they tend to focus on, like in the moment to moment gameplay. But there's a hundred percent like that sci-fi flair. But they don't always have that, you know, uh, I don't know if it's a need to explain it or that will to explain it. They're just like, that's there. That's your Doomslayer spaceship. <laughs> and you can upgrade it with currency that you get, that you earn from killing demons out in the field. So it's like, it doesn't need to make sense, but it is sci-fi. Um, have you guys ever played Blackthorn? I have not. Bit. A little bit. So that's one where I think they blend it really cool because it's like, you're like a 90s dude with a... A leather vest and a shotgun but you're like on alien land like hunting down aliens with the shotgun and stuff like it's, it's really <laughs> now wait a minute. really cool aesthetic and here. and and have i read uh uh that the 32x and super nintendo are different games that i'm not sure of i, I couldn't remember if it was there's there's i couldn't remember if it was blackthorn or if it was another one that's a 32x game that like that and the console version are are different games i'll have to look into that i i will get back to you because i've played through the super nes one and i have okay. the the 32x one so i will put that in and, and let you know cool that's what i was gonna say like but this is a 32x game but how have you not how have you not played blackthorn 
<laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't play them. <laughs> they're, they're just for looking at. <laughs> what if the battery leaks? <laughs> then I won't be able to not play it in the future. <laughs> um, so to take off the RPGs, um, I didn't have any of the ones you guys mentioned. I do really like Mass Effect and appreciate it. I just didn't put it on my list because we're going to talk about those later on. Mm-hmm. So on my list, I had Xenogears and the Xenosaga trilogy. Um, those were oh Xenosaga, yeah, I didn't yeah, think of that. Super spacey, and like I was sure. so into them when three came out. I remember pre-ordering it, booking the time off work, and I <laughs> just moved in with my wife like a month prior. And I and I told her I'm like, hey, like I, I haven't done this since we met, but like this game's coming out. I'm really excited about it. You're not gonna <laughs> see me for two days, even though we live together now. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, whatever. And then so. I, I'm like I, I like I beat that game in one weekend this like JRPG so I put so much time into it in two days but she came to like get me at like five in the morning she's like you need to go to bed you're scary <laughs> and went to bed and like woke up like no joke like an hour later <laughs> no alarms or anything I was just so excited to get back to it I just got right back into that game and, and plowed through it that first weekend it came out um, yeah, um, and one of the other games on my list, uh, I put Shin Megami Tensei Digital Devil Saga, and they're kind. Both of those, the Xeno Saga and the Digital Devil, kind of fall into that Doom category, where like there's a lot of sci-fi stuff in them, but there's also like a lot of like demons and religious aspects to them too, and they're they kind of blend both of those aspects to them. But I, I think they both play up the sci-fi a lot more, especially Xeno Saga. Uh, and one that I was hoping was on Bill's list, but didn't make it. We did a whole episode about it last year. It was Cyberpunk 2077. Ooh, yeah. I, I had a feeling that this was going to be uh, uh, mentioned by you. I didn't put it on my list because I wasn't sure, you know, throw it RPG. Like, I actually was going to put it in the FPS category because sure, it is first person. But I my FPS list is actually a little bit fat, so I didn't. But I'm, I'm glad that you put it on there because this was one of the better games that I played uh, uh, when we were talking about games played last year. Yeah, it hurts me when I'm on, like, Twitter or something and people just rag on it constantly. I'm like, ah, but I have yeah. no time <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I have nothing but good memories. Uh, and even, like, some of the memories that I had that, like, aren't the best, it's like, well, that wasn't the game's fault. Like, I was being dumb or I didn't know how this thing worked. And then once I knew how it worked, I'm like, okay, now I will do it that way type deal. Yeah. So, I, yeah, there's, it's, th- there's always a game that's, like, cool to hate. I'm like, oh, give it a chance, man. There's only two achievements I missed in it, and I've just been eagerly waiting for them to do like the PS5 update, so sure. that I have an opportunity to, or a good reason to like jump back in and play through it again and get those last two things in platinum. It. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I already touched on racing a little bit. Let's jump into racing. Is there any other racers that uh, you guys like? You mentioned Extreme G, um, Chris. Was there any racers that ever? jumped out to you in the sci-fi arena i mean i think you've probably mentioned the ones that i would bring up um star wars episode one racer that one was just so well done um i'm not into that kind of stuff especially weird how good that game is yeah i mean i'm i was a not into episode one and um (laughs) b you know racers are not my super exciting thing but man i played the crap out of that on n64 um, and I, I think I just did everything you could do in, in that game and really enjoyed it. And I want to say, <clears throat> what was, um, was it F-Zero on the N64 that, uh, 
Well, you could just like zero X. Yeah, I want to say that I that one was good because you could like could go all the way around like these cylinder things in, in some places, right? Yeah, that that was the first one they did that in, but they did it a lot more in GX as well. Yeah, yeah, I remember playing that quite a bit. Um, and then I would go back to one that probably nobody else is going to remember, but I played a lot in the arcade. It was called Stun Runner. And, uh, Never even heard of stun- it. Yeah, Stun Runner. And I have no idea what it stood for, but like it's one of those games where like Stun is an abbreviation. It's like S period, T period. So whatever, like some, you know. Like Oops. scat. Got it. Yeah, it was a very early 3D polygon game. And the arcade version was like a like a sled that you would sit down on like a motorbike and you would drive it and it was fairly simple it would just um it was like a tube shooter kind of thing uh where you would race through a tube and you would you know you could shoot some things and you'd have to try to hit these stars around the tube as you flung through it and but again it was an early polygon game and it was it was pretty neat and uh it was a fun racer i played it quite a bit on the arcade, I think it got like an Atari Lynx port, but it never really came to anything else. <laughs> um, so it was just kind of, you know, it was Atari. Did it have an at-home sled that you could link up to your Lynx? I'm pretty sure no. Um, but you should guys should Google a picture of Stun Runner, like the full arcade version. I it's definitely like will. That sounds this, this big red, you know, thing that you would sit on. Um, it was pretty cool. So yeah, I would I would put that out there. Um, I, you could, I'm sure you could emulate it pretty well these days, but uh, yeah, that was for some pretty cool sci-fi racers. Cool, deep pull there. Uh, anything yeah. <laughs> besides Extreme G, Bill? Uh, yeah, so Extreme G two is definitely my uh, my top pick, but a couple others that I had just kind of as honorable mentions in the racing space. Um, I really really like San Francisco Rush, uh, the arcade game with uh, the big green 2049? chair. Twenty forty nine. Yeah. So what? So That's the cool. so the green chair got me into it, and then when they got to twenty forty nine, um, I mean, if you want to let people know that your game takes place in the future, <laughs> just put <laughs> just put a year that starts with a twenty something in front of it. So uh, that was that was a really fun one. And uh, the other one I had, uh, which which is another one that's like, is this uh, science fiction? Is uh, Hydro Thunder, um, okay. with uh, like with those you know kind of the futuristic ships that have your like your like your boost and your because uh, I think early on Hydro Thunder was really pretty tame where like you're just like on a lake and you're jumping over you know like cruise ships and stuff like that. But I think some of the later content uh, you know as it kind of started coming out got a little bit crazier, especially in the in the arcades where a lot of these games don't come out at, uh, you know for home consoles anymore. It's like they're just arcades when you go and it's like all right, well here's you know there's cruising USA and cruising world and cruising Exotica and now cruising Mars. Or you know, like uh, the 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 what do you call it? The um like the dirt bike games and the snowmobiling games. So like, there's this whole uh, the the Fast and Furious games. Like, there's this whole world of of you know like futuristic racers that are like only in arcades. But for me, like when I would go to the arcade and sit down and want to do something. Uh, I loved the episode one racer arcade machine that you had like, you know, the throttle for each of the uh, two engines and you had to like, you had to like, you know, pull one back, you know, to turn, you know, like, like kind of reverse it, like, cause you're like slowing down the one engine. And then like, again, like I'm not really like when I see someone do something in the movie, I'm not like, oh, I wish I could do that. But then when you're sitting there and you come out of a turn and you just push both throttles like full forward, it's (laughs) like, uh, now this is pod racing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so good. So uh, so there's that, and then so to, to that same effect, uh, Hydro Thunder 
it would like I don't drive stick, so I typically have both my hands on the wheel in reality. But in Hydro Thunder, your throttle, just like on a boat, is like one of those you know things on the right, and it's got the like the turbo button is uh, on your thumb. So you kind of have that cool guy driving feel where you're just driving with your left hand, <laughs> and then you're you're because th- and originally you would think that the throttle would just be on all the time because you're racing, right? But the way you jump in Hydro Thunder is you pull the throttle all the way back and hit the boost and then that like kind of pop like gives you like a bunny hop like out of the water so you actually are uh you know kind of adjusting that like throughout your uh throughout your race so um so yeah it's uh those are both cool experiences that were hard to replicate uh at home because hydro thunder obviously is on dreamcast and it's been released on uh i think 360 back compatibility it's it's available as like an arcade uh, title um but uh you know just pressing and holding the trigger or the A button, like it doesn't have that that same feel as that as that throttle. So, those are a couple of racers I wanted to throw in there. Very cool. Um, so we've been dancing around a little bit. How about we jump into some shoot 'em ups? Hell yeah. Um, yeah, Chris, you're probably the most experienced with shoot 'em ups out of the three of us. You want to get that one started? Gosh. Um, how about every shoot 'em up? <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, How about I'm the joking, genre? I'm joking. There are a few that are not space shoot, you know, sci-fi shooters, but obviously most of them gun are. smoke. No, there aren't. <laughs> no gun smoke. They have they, they have future futuristic ammo. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the cowboy the cowboys of Moo Mesa is high sci-fi. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, Brave star. Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say, obviously, ones that I appreciate uh, and enjoy are, may not be the, well, the ones that everybody else appreciates and gives, like, top marks to. I mean, I think a lot of people are like, oh, Ikaruga, and, you know, Radiant Silver. That's on mine, yeah. Yeah, and I'll let you guys talk about it. It's fine. I'm going to mm-hmm. probably mention a few that don't get as much attention and as much love. So, um, yeah, I'm going to put um, Sylphine on Sega CD up here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, that was on my list. I didn't think anyone was going to have it. <laughs> <laughs> the uh you know honestly it's it's a very fairly simple polygon shooter built on top of basically fmv but the fmv is done in such the same style that especially at the time you didn't realize that's what was happening and you could interact and shoot some of the things or they the fmv stuff could hit you so it felt very real um and the jo- the voyage you go through if you play all the way through that game is pretty amazing and the soundtrack is is wild i mean you know you're flying this little ship and then sometimes there's like these giant space battles are going on in the background and you're flying over some of these you know polygon ships and they're blowing up in the background and you may have to <laughs> dodge wreckage or you're going through you know a meteor storm and the pieces of it are breaking apart and you have to dodge them or or there's you know like trench sections where you're flying through and pieces of the trenches are like moving around and you're zooming through them or like there's mechanical stuff that's happening where they're changing shape and you've got to fly through and I mean it's just there it's just a really cool game and so you know it, it's a fairly simple as a shooter but it's just it's a pretty fun experience so I would encourage people to play that um, uh, I would say Star Fox. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of the original Star Fox, but Star Fox 64 is such a great game. Yeah, I've um, had that on my list. Definitely, obviously, a sci-fi 
Okay, well then I will let you talk about it. Um, I've got <laughs> no, no, I go talk. for it. I got plenty no. of others on mine too. No, you go ahead because I've got other things I'm going to hit here. So um, the next one I would say is Xanak. Um, we've, we've <laughs> that's on my list too. <laughs> okay, because Xanak is really one of those first games where it, you know, its gimmick was AI. It's not really, but I mean, it does. It it um, changes based on how you play and what choices you make and that was very different for shooters especially at that point in time it's adaptive and um it does a great job it's a fun game to play it's really amazing um i'd also mention guardian legend which is uh again Another compile game and i won't say every compile game in the universe because we'll be here forever and i'd be going through musha and everything <laughs> else i mean they're all fantastic, um, but Guardian Legend yeah. was just this so you, great mix. You turned me on to Zanek, and that, I think that was my introduction to Compile. And like you said, that enemy like AI in quotes is really cool, and the amount of weapons they give you and the ability to upgrade them uh, makes it even more like varied. Like you, it's really hard to play the same game of Zanek like twice in a row because. You'll just pick up another power up, or you'll kill or miss a bad guy, and then the whole fleet's different. Um, so that and gun knack, like there, there's some of my favorite shoot 'em ups on anything. Yeah, and if you play the rest of the titles in their catalog, I think you'll you'll love those too. They're they're so well done, and I you know we've talked plenty of compile in the past, so I don't need to beat that dead horse too much. Um, but I, you know, I'll stop because I mean, you know, you probably you could just go through everything. I mean, there's Gradius, there's Life Force, there's, I mean, yeah, we could go on forever. I mean, obviously, sci-fi is probably he- more heavily um, grounded in the sci-fi genre than than you know, shooters are it. Um, but I, I'm going to not talk about everything because I want to let you guys talk about some things. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bill, you got anything on your shoot 'em up list? So obviously I'm not a shmup guy. Uh, I I don't like things that are overly difficult, and like you know, especially when it gets a little bullet helly, it's just I I don't I don't handle it very well. So the the two that I had on my list were mentioned. <laughs> so uh, so Silphied, which for the longest time I thought was Slipheed until uh, I realized that I was not reading the title correctly. Uh, this was ages ago, but it was one of the, f- so just like we talked about Rise of the Dragon was one that, that I too found to be just in a lot of Sega CD lots. Um, I don't know if it just didn't sell well and then it was $4, you know, clearance and everyone who had a Sega CD got one. I think it was the opposite. I- it was one of the better games. A lot of people bought it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I, I got into the game late cause, uh, uh, I didn't know how to buy one at Walmart way back then. Uh, like uh, Chris keeps buying uh, just, modern consoles. Just don't don't trust the Q warnings. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So I, I and I had known that already. Like uh, the guy that I follow for the notifications, um, he he's pretty good about uh, like sharing that stuff. And he's like, FYI, like like just totally ignore those. You know, this will be back at this time or whatever because things pop just you know outside of those times. So uh, so yeah. So uh, Silphied was one that I I had. Um, kind of you know when we got our sega cd a little bit uh like you know when it started going on clearance or kind of started going out and having not really being a shooter fan the only shooter that we really played a ton of just over and over and over again that we uh ended up getting the uh the vinyl soundtrack for um uh just not too long ago was life force 
Um, I really, really, really love this game, um, and uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not privy to the, you know, whatever like the deeper underlying story is, because a lot of times in in shooters, you'll kind of start the game, you'll play through the game, and unless they have like cutscenes or dialogue or you know things going on, like I don't know what the story is beyond like oh we just appear to be in some sort of weird alien future, so I don't know if there is you know like a deeper story that's uh you know that you can find uh you know some somewhere outside the game but uh it's just the, the the setting the music just you know the the space theme the the weaponry like it's it's just such a fun game i like it so much so that's those are the two that i had in the the shooter category right on. um i just finished reading that treasure book a little while ago and looking over my list i just realized i have three treasure games only in the shoot 'em up category uh, so we got Ikaruga, which uh, Chris just mentioned, uh, Bengayo, and Sin and Punishment Star Successor, which they're they're all not technically shoot 'em ups, but they share enough of that DNA. I kind of lumped them in there because I just didn't have a better place to put them. No. Um, but yeah, they all they're all made by Treasure. They're all like just nonstop. As soon as you start, like go go go, like they just they throw everything at mm. you. But the early levels, like they make it. So you can manage that and and still have fun, even though it looks like a like crazy things are happening and I'll never survive. But they 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 make it so you you can learn that early on, and then they really ratchet up later. But I, my favorite thing about those games is the just the bosses are just insane. They're just huge, and there's a million things coming at you, and they constantly feel impossible. And when you finally pull it off, uh, it's just just the best feeling in the world. And Ikaruga in particular, uh, when you are able to swap your colors appropriately by eating bullets and dodging bullets and then doubling your damage, it just it looks insane. It looks beautiful. It's like a dance you're doing while you're playing. It's, it's like every other shoot 'em up. You're you're just dodging. You're not trying to play that kind of game with it. Um, so it was just a really cool take, and I can never get enough of that game it's one of my favorite multiplayer co-op games and not to like sit down and try and finish it's just like we're gonna play for 20 30 minutes until we run out of continues and that's good we can stop there (laughs) and it's just it's fun to that point every time um you guys mentioned a couple of the other ones so i won't go too deep um so this one doesn't fit nicely into shoot 'em up either but i don't know where else to put it um have either of you guys played res yes and yes yeah, so Res is particular Res Infinite in VR, um, super super cool, uh, like reimagining of that original Res game, um, and it, it has enough shoot 'em up elements. I felt of kind of kind of fit here well, uh, but it's, it's just a really cool experience in VR. Like the music is really absorbing, and the whole like minimalist like almost wireframe like design is really cool and easy to kind of get lost in and it but it also makes it really easy to to see where everything is like because there's a lot going on on the screen sometimes you got tons of enemies and you're like shooting all these like homing missiles at them and stuff and just looks amazing um and i also same thing i also didn't know where to stick them so i put some twin stick shooters in here um geometry wars and next machina um just blow my mind uh the action is just so crazy in them and the the future setting like 
geometry wars, you know, it could be anything, but it, it seems like it's in space just because of how they designed it. Yeah. Uh, but Next Machina, like, definitely is like got that sci fi, like, there's all these robots and weird creatures you're fighting, and there's just waves and waves of them coming at you. And the boss fights are just, they're like those treasure games I was talking about, like, they're just enormous and crazy and intense, and there's so much happening. And it's just a really cool coat of paint that sci-fi like theme to like put on that those kind of games and honestly i can't really think of a twin stick shooter that doesn't have sci-fi in it like i think mm. they're all kind of are You're going back to even like smash tv was very running man right yeah and robotron like they're all yeah all very sci-fi themed yeah actually i considered um geometry wars and just because of that it just kind of has that like no, I don't want to say generic because that sounds bad, but it really just kind of has this like wireframe kind of look with just like a lot of bright colors. So I was like, well, like I, I couldn't really, I didn't know if I could put it in that category. But when you mentioned Res, it reminded, it made me think of Super Hot. Uh, so which is kind yeah. of in that like yeah, shooter, similar well, styles, yeah. like kind of like uh, uh, you know, and especially like you said, the VR version um, is far and away the best way to play Super Hot. So uh, that's definitely like, and again, the VR. Uh, lends itself to just that futuristic feel already because we've been fed this you know like vr like fantasy and the you know different sci-fi mediums for a long time so it just kind of intrinsically has that feel yeah it kind of does you're right yeah um and i just feel like a jerk if i didn't mention galaga it's just (laughs) so good (laughs) yeah traditional galaga is good stuff yeah um any other big genres you guys want to hit um that i didn't talk about already i don't know about genres but i mean there's just some special mention games i guess maybe i would throw in some of these probably overlap what we've already talked about but um i I guess still you know it's a shooter but uh star wars arcade um yeah so yeah yeah played so much star wars arcade i can't you know over the years those are some of the most gorgeous cabinets i've ever seen too either the the stand-up or the sit-down ones yeah so beautiful um and just it's still a fantastic game to play it's still fun all these years later it it plays great it still looks pretty good it's a lot of fun um i would say uh discs of tron especially the full environmental sure cool is like you step into this booth and you're playing (laughs) discs of tron and um wow you know like, because you've got the big speakers are kind of all around you, and uh, it was just really a, a really fun game to play. Uh, and you know, that's exactly that's what everybody wanted to play after watching Tron was, it was <laughs> that was it, right? That was the reason. And they and they definitely did a good job with that environmental cab. It was really well done. Um, I didn't mention it in the RPG section, but I mean, I it's it's an RPG, but um, Final Fantasy twelve. You know, that's it's that okay. fantasy sci-fi mix. Um, it definitely has hints of both, but it does have its sci-fi components. Um, yeah. So you know, I like that because like everything is like these. Um, they're not spaceships, but you know, like they have these very futuristic-looking vehicles that they fly around and things. Um, while the rest of the game is obviously you know very traditional Final Fantasy kind of thing, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> you know outside of that, yeah, we start getting into some other you know like obviously like a lot of light gun shooters. Yeah, yeah, I had a couple. 
Yes. Yeah, that, they, you know, those kind of lended themselves to the sci-fi genre pretty well. Um, you, you already mentioned strategy with like Command and Conquer and, and some of those things. Obviously, like the, you know, I've recently been playing through the XCOM games, um, which are fun. I was wondering cool. if one of you guys would bring those ones up. Yeah, um, I don't know if that initially needs to be. It's kind of one of those games where it's like it's a cool setting. I think you could do it in a lot of different genres. It doesn't have to be sci-fi, but it works well um, mm-hmm. for what it is. So yeah, I mean, there's just some other games that just popped into my mind while we were talking. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of good stuff that's out there. Um, for I, I tried purposely as much as I could to stay away from a lot of Star Wars because you know you kind of worry it doesn't <laughs> just turn into a Star Wars show. I think you even mentioned that early on. Yeah, that was a worry until I started making my list. I'm like, there's only like four or five Star Wars games that really jump out for me. Well, nobody mm. talked about Star Wars chess or whatever right, on the Sega CD. <laughs> no, not not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so those are just a few things that I wanted to throw out there. And um, obviously, I'm sure our listeners will, will chip in with a bunch that we missed. All right, Bill, top 10 Star Wars games, go. <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually do have a whole bunch. Uh, uh, just So if we're, if we're kind of done going through the main genres, I'll just kind of fire these off real quick if that's okay. Yeah, yeah you, you don't so, even have to be quick if you don't want to. Let's, let's oh, go down some rabbit holes. Cool. Yeah, so um, while I didn't want to just you know talk about first-person shooters because you know, like it's saturated and there's a ton of them and blah, 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 uh, there are a whole bunch that are, are both – on my list that are both obviously sci-fi and ones that kind of like you have to like pry a little bit more and you're like oh yeah i mean this is sci-fi so the obvious ones that we don't have to talk about because everyone kind of knows about them are uh halo um uh destiny uh uh you know like the the type of big shooters but um one that uh i wanted to mention even though you know it's kind of like one of like the sacred cows of the pc is a half-life um, it has a really, really, really great uh, uh, story hidden beneath the surface that's not just like your typical, uh, like, oh, like aliens are invading. Like, there's these very mysterious presences that are kind of at work, like pulling strings behind the scenes and stuff like that, which is very interesting. Um, I wanted to mention Crisis, uh, which is a very, very, very good game, uh, very good series. It gets its reputation from being like a technically, you know, like impressive uh, game, but. I love Crisis 1 and 2. Uh, I haven't made it through 3 yet, um, but I've heard really good things, uh, and I've seen uh, gameplay like with the bow combat and stuff like that. But with the, like kind of this exosuit that you have, the idea is you can kind of change the you know like what's what's powering you at any given time. So you can you know engage a cloak and now you're stealth, or you can put on like max armor and now you're a tank, or you can put on max speed and like now you're now you're fast. So uh, really 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 good. Um, I wanted to mention Far Cry Blood Dragon. Uh, which which is super self-aware, but at the same time, like, seems to take itself seriously, but at the same time doesn't. Like, it's such <laughs> a cool, cool mix of, uh, of of all the things that I love about that time. Uh, and just, oh, the music, the, the look, the VHS t- uh, tape collectibles. One of the funniest and best endings of a game I've ever seen in my life. I think about it all the time. I don't know if it's going to top Ghoul School. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know, man. It's I'm I'm telling you, it's uh, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone out there, so I'm not gonna. But man, if you haven't played Blood Dragon, which I think is available like on you know pretty much everything, it was I think it was given as a freebie uh, with like a pre- a previous Far Cry, well one of the later Far Cry releases. You're gonna get it with six too if you do the deluxe whatever thing. So 
Oh, they'll 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 even go back that far and give you a three in Blood Dragon. I think no, I think you're just getting a, like a upresed version, a nicer version of Blood Dragon. Oh man, I didn't see that that news. That's awesome. But yeah, Blood Blood Dragon is terrific. Um, and then there's just a couple I wanted to throw out there that you that are shooters that you wouldn't really think of as, as sci-fi. Maybe not at first. We, what were you gonna say, Chris? I just want to you know before we get away from Blood Dragon, I want to mention that mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what you guys think about this, but. We're getting to this point in time where I almost wonder if the jokes in Blood Dragon are too far gone for most of the people that are playing because, um, <laughs> you know, like I was at Goodwill the other day and I bought, they had some cassettes and I bought them. And the checkout girl goes, What are these? And she was yeah. legit. Like, did not know what a cassette was. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I know I'm not, you know, and I'm not poking at anybody on this call or otherwise, but I know I'm not like the oldest guy out there. But I mean, there are <laughs> conversations that I have with people where I'll mention bands, you know, from the 90s and people are like, not only like, oh, like, I just, you know, I haven't heard, you know, those songs they are like, I have never heard of that band. And it's stuff like Soundgarden, Smashing Pumpkins, Stone Temple Pilots, like stuff like that. And I'm like, how, how could you not have heard of that? And then someone pointed out to me, you do realize that someone right now talking about music in the 90s is like someone when you were a kid talking about music in the 60s yeah. and then i was like no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like commercially is it even makes sense i mean i know they're doing blood dragon again for right but i mean when did blood dragon come out the first time and now we're going to get it again with six i'm like is the market yeah. there it's it was three Far Cry games ago, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, man, is the market there for this anymore? I mean, I know. We I mean, get, I mean, we get I mean the, I'm there. <laughs> we get the nostalgia hit, but I'm like, right. you know, this is the time where you should probably be making like throwbacks to the 2000s, right? Yeah, they're going to do, do a, a primal uh, remake. Yeah, I don't, yeah. It's just kind of, uh, I mean, I know I'm a dinosaur, but it's kind of. Right. It's getting to that point where I just, like I said, that's what hit me the other day. When I had a person mm-hmm. legitimately look at me like, and wasn't joking or pulling yeah. my leg, it was, what are these? What are these? And then when yeah. I explained what they were, she goes, when did they use these? <laughs> <laughs> well, when, when we had rotary phones. <laughs> but I had, you know, I had to have a legitimate conversation when I was like, okay, now yep. wait a minute. Not only was this gone, probably by the time you are releasing music, CDs probably really weren't much of a thing either, right? Physical mm-hmm. music probably wasn't even much of a thing. So, yeah. I, you know, anyway. I still feel good that I'm getting a blood dragon. This <laughs> is awesome. Yeah, well, I just think of it because, like, all the jokes there are, like, you get VHS tapes and you, you know. Yep. Yeah, no, for sure, the, the collectibles. And also just and also just the fact that it's Michael Bean, like, like that, like that, just, just being that it's him, you know, like, who was in Terminator and was in Aliens and was, you know, like, all these kind of, like, uh, 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 80s movies, the like the action, uh, James uh, James Cameron stuff. So, j- just the fact that it was him was so exciting to me, and I could imagine telling anyone younger than me that, and they'd be like, "I have no idea who that is." Yeah. So, but yeah. Anyway, Blood Dragon, good stuff. Um, so I I started to say that so these ones are not ones that like you would like maybe immediately think of as sci-fi, but then when you give it more thought, you're like, no, no, it, it definitely is. Uh, so someone may have I'm sorry if I don't remember, but someone may have mentioned Fallout already. No, not yet. 
So, yep. So, so Fallout, while while you know, kind of grounded in like usually like you know near future, um, it is speculative fiction uh, that has to do with science and technology, and you know, in some cases, extraterrestrial. Uh, you know, so I, th- I thought it fit pretty well in there with you know, kind of experimental weapons and and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, I, I originally had written down Fallout Three, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, I mean, kind of all Fallout. Like, you know, just post-apocalyptic, like, alternate history. It could all, you know, kind of fall under that sci-fi umbrella. So I think I just modified it straight to Fallout. Um, the other one uh, was uh, Left for Dead, uh, which I don't typically think of all zombie stuff as uh, science fiction unless there is, like, that underlying story in there. So I just wanted to give that a quick mention. Uh, and the last one is one that Krabby uh, played recently uh, that I was overjoyed uh, to hear that he enjoyed uh, is Portal 2. Uh, Portal oh, 2 yeah, yeah. has such an incredible story uh, just hiding behind this uh, deceptively simple, you know, puzzle game where you're just trying to, you know, like make your way through, uh, you know, like first, like, you know, escaping, you know, like the, uh, the the confinement that you've been put in and then making your way through like kind of the first area, escaping that area and falling down into this kind of abandoned other area. And there's just story all the way through and it's, it's kind of like fallout where it's like near future or like maybe you know like not like you know thousands or millions of years in the future like maybe like a few hundred you know like something like that but uh yeah it's uh the the story in portal uh it, it cannot be uh overstated how good it is uh, and, yeah, yeah. Th- it's one of those games that had that reputation and going into it i'm like there's no way it's yeah as good as people think <laughs> yeah. it is to make oh it's it's as good yeah so so good uh so those were all the ones i had for shooters um and then um i i know we already mentioned um actually uh, before you move on let me throw my shooters in because i don't have very many because i'm an idiot and i don't play a lot of shooters and so (laughs) when you said like halo i'm like oh my god how did i not even think (laughs) of that as a sci-fi shooter like didn't even register right so i have three uh minor star wars dark forces oh sure uh, perfect dark on the 64 Mm -hmm. And Jet Force Gemini also on the 64. Nice. (laughs) Those are the three that I put significant time into and and had a really good time with. Um, And I don't think I actually beat Dark Forces. I need to go back to that one. But the other two I definitely definitely finished. I probably played the demo, or back in those days, kids, the shareware (laughs) for Dark Forces. Like, like probably, like, uh, I played that first level of Dark Forces like at least 50 times and the cutscene at the end of it where they're like loading the Dark Troopers and like, oh my god, like goosebumps. It was so good. And just holding a thermal detonator in that game, like Dark, like somehow like that first Dark Forces game got me so stoked on Dark Forces. And then I played Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast and like I liked it, but like there was something magical about that first Dark Forces yeah, that I really totally loved. Agree. So yeah, yeah those very, my very good pick. I wanted to throw on there before you moved on. I'm really surprised that neither of you guys brought up Tie Fighter or X the X Wing game. Yeah, I, for the same reason, I didn't want to bring up any Star Wars games to be honest. I, I let Kotor <laughs> slip in there because I didn't have any other like RPGs. But I thought about putting Fallen Order on there because uh, it is really, really good. But like, it doesn't like feel. Uh, I've. I don't want to say anything that's going to be like taken the wrong way, but like it's, it feels just like a really good star Wars game. But like when I'm playing it, like somehow it doesn't just like feel like, Oh, this is real heady sci-fi stuff here. You know, it's, it's right. So I, I, I didn't put uh, X-Wing and TIE fighter on, but I did have rogue squadron and Jedi Starfighter 
on my mm. list I wanted to bring up at some point. So close very, enough. Very cool. So yeah, so that was uh, shooters. Um, uh, Chris, was there any shooters before I just uh, pop on to just my last uh, couple here? I mean, I obviously I would be remiss if I didn't. I mean, I think we've obviously mentioned Doom, but there'd be Quake would mm-hmm. be in there too. Um, sure. I was never a huge Quake player, but uh, Quake was uh, something in that genre, and it was pretty gigantic. Mm-hmm. So we'd be probably remiss if we at least just didn't mention it by name. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Quake One, I really loved. I never played Quake Two actually uh, until like like years later. And then Quake Three, I got into for a little while, but that was just like an arena kind of multiplayer against bots and other people. So I liked it, but it kind of you know once there was no campaign, I kind of fell out of it. But yeah, for sure, Quake One was huge. What was that um, series? And God, that's terrible. I can't even think of it. I think it started with an F. The series for on PlayStation that was big for a while, where you were shooting aliens. It was that alien shooter. Um, not resistance. Yes, it was. Yes, okay. Yeah. I was thinking F, yeah, resist. Yep. Yeah, resistance Fall of man, was. Um, right? resistance? Fall of Man. Yep. That's so, the first one, yeah. so resistance. Um, and I, I played it. I think one time, like when what was that little like MP5 machine gun add-on for the PlayStation, like uh, move controllers or whatever they were called. Oh, yeah. There was like there was like that little machine gun add-on that was like went on clearance when I worked at Best Buy for like a few bucks. And I'm like, all right, I'll pick this up to see what it's like. And I played resistance like with, with the move or like, you know, that whole setup. And, but yeah, I never played those games, but I, I know they had a pretty decent following. And I think I remember that there's something similar in the resistance games, like from game to game that happened in Halo, in Halo two, when you had, you know, kind of like the, you know, play from the other side, you know, of the perspective type thing, or like in a Metal Gear 2, where you kind of have like the main character switch, and you're like, oh, this is different. I think Resistance did that in one of their games, and it was kind of jarring for people like, oh, are humans the bad guys? (laughs) I I played through the first one, because that's all you really had at launch, Mm. Um, and I remember enjoying it, but I just never went on with the series. Yeah, I think Sony seems to have kind of abandoned it. Um it, you know, it had its heyday, and I think it was meant to be right. like a Halo competitor, but it seemed like Sony's just given up. The other thing to mention in that right. series I just thought about would be Red Faction. So the Red Faction games. Sure. Um, oh, sure. That's on Mars, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah. and, and that first one was really cool because it was like that first game where you could deform the environment, you know, and blow. Yes, that was their big, yeah. That was definitely their big like marketing thing. Like you like, and I remember like I worked at Funko Land when that came out, and like we popped it in, and it, and like we were just like digging a tunnel through the level, like just <laughs> the shotguns. We're like, it keeps going. <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of funny. I think like the Resistance game, the big thing that stood out to me it was like PS3. It was like, one of those first games where you're like, oh, yes. you can shoot out the windows. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, and say. and uh, and so so that was if I remember that was Insomniac. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, I, I was thinking that maybe the reason why they haven't gone back to it is because Insomniac is, you know, tied up with other things that they'd rather be doing. But I mean, I don't know who owns it. If Sony does, if they could give it to somebody else. But yeah, you're right. I haven't seen, and and also I don't know if the if the Resistance community is clamoring for another one. But I do remember like people talking about it and it, it getting you know like decent uh, decent uh, uh, you know kind of press and like reviews when it came out. It just skipped the PS4 altogether. Yeah, it just kind of died. Um, and I haven't played Returnal, but I would imagine Returnal you'd probably slot in a, a sci-fi shooter, right? My, oh, 100%. My yeah. old store has a copy waiting for me right now. i got to figure out how to go pay for that this week. Oh, okay. You have to let me know what you think. Very cool. Um, 
the whole roguelike well, part really makes me very hesitant. That is the only thing that has me on edge. <laughs> I, I love everything else I've played by Housemark, and it looks really cool. So I'm, I'm hoping I can get past that roguelike part. Well, I will. I will uh, wait for your opinion. Yeah, I, I watched a few video reviews, and it looks it looks really interesting. I don't know if it's up my alley, but it, it's I'm I'm willing to give it a shot. So uh, uh, the so out out of the shooter category, I just had a couple more and a couple others. Uh, I mentioned the 4X category and like the exploration. So I uh, have to mention Sid Meier's uh, Civilization Beyond Earth, and you could probably lump in uh, Alpha Centauri into that, which was the kind of classic uh, you know civilization uh, in space uh, game. So basically, Beyond Earth was kind of like taking Alpha Centauri and like bringing it up into like the Civ Five uh, at the time engine, and like now they're probably up to Civ Six. So uh, yeah, if you've ever played a 4X game or any Sid Meier, uh, you know, Civilization game, it's just Civilization in space, and it's really cool, and it's 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 got this different you know piece to it when you're first learning it because when you're playing Civilization and it's like ah oh, this this tile has marble on it, you're like okay. I kind of know what that is because I live on Earth and I know what you can do with that. So in when you start playing Alpha Centauri or Beyond Earth, it's like ah, this this uh, uh, you know biome has uh, frost mithrax on it. You're like oh, what is that used for? <laughs> so there's this kind of like discovery and like research aspect that's that's really really cool. Um, and then so these last two, I just had like uh, you know some different genres to have some variety here. And I, I ended up putting these in a category called third person slash deep story. <laughs> or sorry, deep weird story. Yeah. So I combined these two games because they're in the same universe. I combined Alan Wake and Control. Uh, because uh, 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 we didn't realize this until the DLC for Control came out. But the uh, Alan Wake universe takes place in the Control. Uh, sorry, Alan Wake and Control take place in the same universe. And in Control... The uh, like the bureau uh, that's you know investigating all these what they call them altered world events. The Alan Wake story is an altered world event, so that's that's one of the uh, one of the DLCs there. So uh, we you, you know Control is a fairly recent game. Probably heard uh, where you know it, you have these supernatural powers and there's levitation and telekinesis and stuff like that. So uh, very very cool story. I don't mind telling you that I didn't understand it until I read a recap <laughs> after I finished it because it's very obtuse uh, or i'm just not smart at picking up story as i'm playing um, but i really really enjoy both those games a lot um alan wake falls a little bit more into the um horror slash thriller um but there is still a very deep uh, sci-fi rooted story in there um and the last one i wanted to mention even though you know again you wouldn't just kind of think right off the bat metal you're solid as being sci-fi but absolutely you know uh like like futuristic weapons um uh you know prediction of uh uh you know like technology uh and the way technology will affect people and warfare and society and things like that so i thought uh, metal gear solid the entire series uh i've i've played mostly one and two so i kind of i know everyone tells me three is really great and i should play it but I've tried to play three several times. I'm sorry, it, it hasn't hasn't grabbed me. So uh, I'm most familiar with one and two, and I still stand by that being uh, very very uh, heady sci-fi stuff in the Metal Gear series. You know, a couple of it just popped into my mind. I guess we if we yeah. go forever if, if we kept doing this, but yeah, right. <laughs> um, what you got? Two, two of them. One of them is the Deus Ex games. Um, yeah, that was yeah. on my yep yep. Uh, 
you know, the, that series obviously takes place more of like that cyberpunk human implant mm-hmm. um, sure. kind of road. And then the other one was Detroit, um, which I recently have played through. So I like Detroit. Yeah, yeah that's, good that's a, definitely that near future, but still that cyborg kind of uh, world. That uh, right. So yeah, androids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems to be yeah. It's, there's a whole lot there once you just start trying to think. Um, but yeah, I guess I should stop at that point. Yeah, the, got, yeah, those were just the ones that were on my list, so I have no more to add. <laughs> but you're you're absolutely right. It does seem like, you know, like and the list started off short, and I was worried, and I was like, oh, is there going to be enough? But then just once you start going down that hole, uh, the rabbit hole runs super deep, and there are lots of branching paths. So I know most people don't think Nintendo when they think uh, sci-fi, with maybe Metroid being the exception. But uh, Mario Galaxy 1 and 2, some of my favorite Mario games, and it's because every world has like a different cool little quirk to it that make them really... And the gravity going around those those orbs, mm-hmm. always super fun. Had a blast with those. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever played the Pikmin games, but that those are some of my favorite strategy games. And Bill, like hearing you talk about exploration and discovery being important like if you haven't tried any pikmin they're all really good except for maybe the 3ds one don't don't do that one (laughs) um they're like you land on this alien planet you've got a time limit because you have limited resources because you crashed and you don't have like your proper food supplies so you've got to go forage for food and discover new species check out what this planet's all about all while managing these Pikmin that, that you kind of use them to help you do all those goals. Mm. So much fun. They're, they're <laughs> really charming, quirky, and clever. And uh, they make you feel... There's those games that, like, they're not super challenging puzzles, but they just make you feel really smart when you figure them out. Right. Um, I already mentioned Mega Man. I'm just going to throw Mega Man X there, too, because that one always felt a little more sci-fi to me, because I, I know canonically, like, humans still live in those worlds but you never actually see them in the game so it just feels like worlds where it's just only robots live there and all mm-hmm. these huge mega cities uh, that are just run by robots uh, are all around it's just it's a really cool vibe to them i like those ones um strider i'm a big fan mm-hmm. of it, it's kind of kind of like blackthorn where they like mash up you know a ninja with your <laughs> sci-fi yeah. and that, that's a really cool mashup and some of the Ninja Guidance do that as well. Um, I, I don't know where to place this, so I'll just throw it here. Uh, Burning Rangers on the Saturn okay, yeah. is super cool. Uh, like Very heavily futuristic firefighting squad that has to just go to these crazy locations and put out fires. But <laughs> it's like super fun music, really bizarre concepts, uh, and we just have a lot of fun with it. Um, either of you guys ever played Major Havoc, the old Atari arcade game? No. No, it sounds really familiar though. So I think the cabinet's actually pretty obscure, um, but I got it. I got to play it on the collection they did for the Switch not too long ago. It's like a good Atari Classics collection, but it kind of blew me away for when it came out. Um, and I think it's all done on a vector monitor. It's the impression okay. I get from the version I played. 
but you they're like you play three different parts of this game um so you're like flying your spaceship and you're landing your spaceship and then you're infiltrating this like enemy spaceship and you gotta like blow up the core and then escape it before it explodes while you're like dodging all these bad guys and stuff uh, and then there's kind of like a breakout clone part to it as well but it just like it's a mid-80s vector monitor game and it just <laughs> kind of blows me away how all three of the parts of it work to like tell a story mm. and they also look amazing and they play pretty good uh, it's very impressive I it's a goal of mine at some point to find an arcade cab for that and actually like play the legit machine because wow. uh, it's very very intriguing yeah I just googled it while you were talking about it and I, I've not seen this before um, maybe I was thinking of general chaos instead of major <laughs> havoc but uh, yeah it's, it definitely looks vector so yeah good luck uh, uh, finding a working uh, cabinet because uh, vector stuff is definitely kind of you know yeah, getting, it's getting trickier one of those things where I'm going to have to like make my way down to like the museum in Vegas or something to mm. to try and play that at some point yep um earthworm gym huge fan sure. of earthworm gym yeah it's really fun with sci-fi kind of like space quest they just like goof around with things and have a good time um my favorite xbox one exclusive recore um (laughs) that nobody else likes but because it plays kind of like a ps2 game but that did not bother me uh it's really cool world they set up and i'm it's a shame it didn't do better because i really think it felt like a stepping stone to something really interesting that i don't think we're ever gonna see and, and it's a shame because the most of the bad stuff i hear about that game is that it seems like you got to a point in the game where they were like oh man the game's not long enough just add some things to do that like aren't like you know like why why do i have to just go collect 30 more things right now oh just so so that's the only bad thing i heard about it. other than that i heard the game was great and that's the stuff that makes it feel like a ps2 game because it's like mm. i gotta go collect all the things before i can move on kind of thing gotcha which doesn't doesn't bother me because even with that it's not a particularly long game like the padding is not immense gotcha you're still gonna finish the game in 20 hours okay you know you got into uh, nintendo but i guess we didn't Nintendo. we didn't mention earthbound yeah there's definitely yeah sci-fi there i just don't yeah because it's so grounded i never think about that aspect of it but yeah you're absolutely right mm-hmm. adam would kill us if we didn't mention that <laughs> well thank you for sparing our lives he's he's been he's just been waving the flag alone in his room for hours like when are they gonna say it contractually <laughs> obligated to yeah but but uh, it's funny because as as you're talking i'm thinking like oh man i've now thought of 10 more i can't say anything because we'll just keep going <laughs> i know i mean i, I have to shut up you, like 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 you mentioned earthworm jim and i was like vector man no i can't say it <laughs> i was so close to putting vector man that was a cut I, I made yeah <laughs> um have you guys played beyond good and evil no yes uh yep yeah love that one and it's pretty pretty strong sci-fi like it gets more the further you go into with like some space travel and mm-hmm. characters you do with <sighs> and stuff love that game uh have you ever played pno3 for the gamecube no. no, that was one of the Capcom Five or whatever, wasn't it? That was one of the Capcom Five, yeah. So you play this like cybernetically enhanced woman who 
like kind of dances all the time like she's constantly in motion so it's a really fluid interesting way to do combat because you're Mm. always moving every button you push to dodge like you don't just scoot over to the side you do like a cartwheel or like a cool Mm. flip or something so she's just got this cool kind of bayonetta like flair to her Mm. and the whole place is like robots have taken over and you're trying to go through this facility so everything's like that really like white and sterile kind of look to it kind of like uh like um 2001 Mm. Mm. um and and it's really neat and the music is a big part of it how fluid she is so she's always like got these headphones on and and kind of moving to the tunes um it's really cool i think you'd like the soundtrack if if nothing else out of that uh, bill but it's a short like capcom game where the whole point is to like replay it and get better score get that go go for those s ranks Uh, Mm and you unlock new outfits and the outfits give you different perks so you want to use certain outfits in different levels so there's a lot of replayability in it even though it's not a super long game like you probably beat it in two hours but you have to spend 10 to 15 to kind of go through it and actually unlock everything is that gotcha is that platinum i don't think so but it really feels like it fits in there really well okay well maybe it was before platinum was a thing yeah maybe there's some former staff or something involved uh, and the only last two, we don't spend much time in them because I'm positive I've talked about them in the past. <laughs> uh, Journey to Silius and Power Blade on the NES. Yeah. Uh, just if you like Mega Man style games, those are two of the best kind of clones to them on the NES. Really, really love. So unless you guys awesome. wanted to sneak something else in there, I think we can wrap it up. I'm going to sneak one game. A single game that I, I thought of, and I was like, I have to mention it. I love this game. This is my favorite Ninja Theory game. Enslaved Odyssey to the West. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a really good game. Yeah. So, so, so good. And it's got that, that you know, kind of, uh, you know, dystopian future feel, but Post, not every. Post apocalyptic. Right. Post apocalyptic, rather. No, but two like, posts. Two posts. Se- several posts, posts, exactly. Yeah. So the apocalypse has happened, and then like a lot of time has passed so like grass is growing and like you know things are still uh, kind of happening but yeah i love this game it's been a long time since i played it i gotta play it again yeah uh andy circus heavily involved with that one too yeah with the mocap and uh, uh yeah i don't know if he had voice work in it he normally does his, his legit face like not not a cg version of him like his fmv face that's right at the end there's like uh there's like a kind of like one of those like big giant head scenes where there's like a big like yeah it's legit fmv face i forgot about that man so good and it's kind of a cool uh north american version of that journey of the west story that uh i that that was probably my first exposure to that outside of dragon ball (laughs) And and then i've seen that story like a whole bunch of times since then. I didn't realize how pervasive it was. Yeah, exactly. Oh, good call. I like that one a lot. Uh, that was one of the first games I played that had those really cool environmental moments. Mm-hmm. And I think it, yeah, it still plays pretty decently. Cool. Uh, well, thanks for talking to me about one of my favorite uh, style of games, you guys. Um, we hit like ton of crazy stuff uh and i got a few new ones that i need to look into now and i know you guys have both been telling me i should play blood dragon for a while so i gotta get on blood dragon a lot sooner oh yeah move that up the backlog (laughs) 
All right, so we should be back in a couple of weeks to talk to you about more sci-fi games when we get into <laughs> Mass Effect 2. Can't wait. That's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to be uh, I'm almost done, so i uh, got my notes, and I'm ready to go on this one. This has been a long time coming, so very excited. Shepard. Cannot wait to awaken the Krogan <laughs> in our cargo holds. <laughs>